Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Yeah, we don't take any time off around here, not during the season. We are here. Michael Ball along with Sean Kleisinger. This is not a best of show. It's not a... Hey, we're too lazy to do a show, so we'll just play an old show. No, we are live. We're here for you. Are you listening out there, wherever you are? The lake, driving home from the lake, in the backyard, getting ready to watch the Argos in the uh, BC lines. 93662 is our text line. It's powered by the Capital Auto Group. Uh, You can always... uh, Get a hold of us at that number by phoning it or one 767 That's toll-free out of town. And when we have guests like Peter Lubardius later, um, they'll join us on the uh, Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. Uh, Riders, injury report is out. And, um, yeah, interesting. So, uh Jaden Dalkey is back, fully participating, which is great. So is Amari Henderson. So is uh, you know Trevor Harris is uh, you know battling a rib or back problem. Pete Robertson was coming in a little late because of um, flight issues, and I think Amari Henderson was the same thing. But then look at all these guys that did not participate. Okay, Matt Dean with a foot, Anthony Lanier with a foot, Gerald Hawkins of course with the knee, Jake Winicky was uh, limping to the car the last time I saw him before the bye week. He is still not practicing with the knee. Um, Roland Milligan with a back did not participate. Rodney Clemens with an ankle did not participate. Peter Godber with his hand did not participate. Uh, Colin Kelly with an illness did not participate. So there's a that's a mash unit right there, Zinger. It's not what you want to see coming off of no. Bye, but Fortunately, we're going to have the coach, Craig Dickinson. He is going to join us on this holiday Monday edition of the show at 5.05. We'll ask him those questions and many others. Canada Day weekend, Zinger. Who's your favorite Canadian Football League player of all time? Canadian in the Canadian Football League. Hmm. Canadian. Let me think here. Uh... That's a tough question. There's a uh, lot of great players. Yeah, there's so many that just float. Like, honestly, Jason Claremont would be up there. Yeah. He he would, just because, you know, he, he coming from the Rams. And I tend would, to, I, t- I don't disagree with that. Like, in terms of local flavor, yeah, that's a good one. He's the first one that came to mind right away. So You're, I, a, little, you're a little younger than me. Um, I'm probably going to go with Andy Fantus. Oh, yeah. But Claremont for the local spin, for yeah. sure. Anyway, 936-6262. Who's your favorite Canadian player in the Canadian Football League of all time? Um, did somebody call there? They hung up? Yeah, they hung up. They hung up. Me. You want to call back? Do it. 936-6262. They were sick of me deciding who my player was. This is uh, going to be interesting because uh, if Godbert can't go, you'd assume Bandy, Bandy goes to center. Council will be back with um, 
Hawkins. Who, Hawkins out. Uh, hopefully, Kelly's just. They're giving him some time to recuperate. I mean, let's be honest. The dude jumped right into the deep end of the pool after not playing for a while, but they list him as an illness, so I'm hoping he'll be back. Oh, there's a phone call. Take that there. Yeah, you. I'll let you take that there. So uh, going to be very interesting. On the other side of things, the Edmonton Elks have uh, mismanaged their quarterback situation so badly. They have uh, now given first-team rips to Taylor Cornelius. So he is back, the guy who was... 14 of 18 for 130 yards and a touchdown when pulled against the Argos. They put in that Daggy guy. Daggy had some decent plays and got lucky. Went into the game against Ottawa. And when you get beat down by Ottawa, you're a bad football team. 26 to 7. Ottawa, uh, beat Edmonton. I think he had a touchdown and three interceptions. But now, like, what do you expect from the kid? You sign him off the practice roster after he was okay in the preseason. He gets picked off three times. You yank him and put Cornelius back in. But I'm not going to lie to you, Zinger. I'm a little concerned about this game. Are you? I'm a lit. We should win. I'm not. But I'm a little concerned. I'm not. Their quarterbacking so bad, though. We should be. We able are going to gonna blow this team out. Well, I, hope so. I want to have one where we, we've got Wouldn't it. Wouldn't that be uh, nice, huh? Well, we were up by 10 in in Calgary and had to use overtime on a boneheaded throw by Jake Mayer to win that one. Uh, okay, let's go to the phone line here, and Allie's out of the shoot. Hi, Allie. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. How are you today? Go, you're in Regina Beach. What do you want to talk about? Uh, my number one favorite football player yep number 44 roger alday roger alday i was thinking of him too he'd be right up there gene mikowski's another one that's a good one i love roger alday exactly yeah they were good exactly. how are you feeling about your Roughriders? Just wanted to just wanted to call in and give you my information and i hope you're having a great day i'm having a great day Allie, and i thank you for calling i appreciate that okay thank you so much awesome Enjoy your day. you too bye nice uh Nice uh, to have. Um, there you go. Somebody, uh, <laughs> somebody positive to start the show. Yeah. So how was your weekend? I moved my parents from Lutheran home to Brightwater. They're your next door neighbors now up there. I'm neighbors with your parents. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty sweet. You can you can crash their party anytime you want, buddy. I can literally see their home from my balcony. Right. And I and actually, I think their bedroom kind of just if they stretch their head out of their window, they could probably see your house. You should. Uh, you should. Call them or text them later and uh, tell them to look out their window and see if they could see me. I'll stand on my balcony and I'll... Will uh, you be naked? <laughs> yes, I will. <laughs> uh, so uh, when you were in... Uh, where were you when you lost your phone? You lost your phone in an airport somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. You was... lost your phone in an airport, so you had to get... The, you had to get a new phone. Mm-hmm. So tell us a story here, Zinger. What happened here with your phone? Yeah, so uh, on the weekend, I was searching for my phone and uh, couldn't find it anywhere. Mm -hmm. So you know what you do when you're looking for your phone. You look under the cushions. You do all those things. Did you try calling it? Tried calling it. uh, Wouldn't ring. So sure enough, I go into the washroom and uh, my, my, uh, my cellular device is floating. Or not really floating. It, it was sunken. At the bottom of the toilet. So did it slip out of your pocket into the toilet? Oh, no. See? No, I think there, there's a little man walking around our apartment complex that probably got a hold of it and probably mm-hmm. put it in there. And by uh, that little man, I mean my son, little Casper Lars Kleisinger. So did he uh, Did he get a little paddling or what happened there? Oh, no. I just uh, I just picked him up and smooched his cheek and I said, hey, 
I love you, son. I wow. understand. You took that like that? Yeah. No, you did not. No, I did. Uh, so how... Well, you can't... He's not even... He turns two in two months. September the 7th. Yep. I know when his birthday is. That's right. Crazy, It's man. also the same birthday as Chad uh, McDonald's. McDonald's kid, right? Uh, he has a son, right? Son, yep. I his think. son turns five and yours turns two. Ca- Cash? Is Cash, his, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that... Uh, Cha- but, the, but then we went to the basketball courts and we played some basketball yesterday. It was pretty cool. Mm. My wife posted a video of me uh, oh. making a making a shot so it looks like i'm really good at basketball but really i shot maybe 20 percent from the floor but is it on her page yeah on her instagram instagram page, yeah. i'll have to check that out yeah you missed about 100 and made that one yeah my form looks really good in the video Does it? Though, not gonna oh, lie, so wow you're looking yeah. like middleton i look like a bat like i was wearing some short shorts you know it was really hot oh, like the isaiah thomas yeah, ones i was i was looking really good oh. i'll show you in the commercial you'll break. have to show me that yeah. i'm looking forward to that man yeah. hey uh coming up here right away in a few minutes time we're gonna call colton Clausen, the former Regina Thunder player, yep. played with the U of S Huskies. Remember that ugly leg break? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he was one hell of a football player. He's a cha- he's still a football player. He's a champion. Do you know that? He is. He was on the senior Gamecocks team. Mm-hmm. I don't know who came up with that name, but Named it was after South Carolina, probably. Yeah, but it was they threw the team together at the last second. A collection of mostly Husky players, mm-hmm. including Mason Nice. They won the senior national championship, and they're now off to play in Finland coming up. Can you That's believe that? Cool. They just threw that sucker together. Where where did they play uh, the national? Ha- Halifax. Oh, I didn't even know about could it. You imagine, could you imagine that, going across the country to play flag, right? Flag. Well, think of some of Mitch Hillis was on that team. Think about some of these uh, guys. Like, their football career is over, quote-unquote, okay? But they could, if they compete and things go their way, uh, they might be a little too old by the time it happens, but they could be in the, in the Olympics. Who's, yeah, to say they right, couldn't, yep. no. who's to say they can't compete for Canada as 28, 29-year-olds? Yeah, I forgot about that. That's hey? a new sport. Wouldn't that be cool? Yep. It hasn't been officially, I think, uh, deemed a sport, but that's what they're thinking is going to happen. It would be more entertaining than some of the stuff they throw out there. Oh, some of it's garbage. Some Absolute. Home. Actually, to be quite honest with you, in the Summer Olympics, I don't mind watching like the Michael Phelps of the world. Um who isn't there anymore, but you know what I mean? Or the track and field. Like the track and field, and that's it. I don't watch any of that, that water polo and all that other garbage. I don't mind, I don't mind the high jump. The high jump's always p- kind of cool. Like, would you rather have that stupid equestrian one yeah, or the or the, or the the flag football? Flag football, baby. Like there's, a lot of, there's a lot of goofy competitions, not only in the summer, but winter Olympics. What's the one when they bring out the the, the rifles, but try out not biathlon? Yeah, or whatever it's called. stupid. Yeah, like that. Like, when does anyone ever try to do that? Like, that's just forced competition. Well, listen, I listen. Like I'm all it. for table tennis. I used to be a nerd. Like ping pong. Yeah, I used to be a nerd. I had no friends. My brother was too young to play with me, so I'd flip the ping pong table up on its like. You know what I mean? Oh, you play yeah. against the wall, yep. dude. I was so awesome. Like I. If we had like a ping pong league back in the day, I would have destroyed in that league. I'm a little bit slower now, but I was unbelievable. I'd still be the champ in this. In this, if we had a ping pong table in our room, in a rec room here, I'd be the best. How, how do you know? Because you never played against anybody. I could beat you in a second. I don't think so. Oh man, I was the king of the spin serve. Anyway, but I, I mean, come on, flag football is more a sport than table tennis. Yeah. Do you, do you know what would be nice if we saw some flag football 
in the city, you know, branded by Canadian football no, teams. No, no, we wouldn't want to do that. Nah, Why would you nah, want that's, to? That's let the idea. NFL take that over. I'd rather have, rather have Detroit Lions running around instead of BC Lions, right? Green Bay Packers instead of Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ah, yes, we could pick on the CFL all hey, weekend long. Like, by the way, Zinger, there's a game tonight. It's Toronto and BC at 5 o'clock. Uh, 2-0 Toronto, 3-0 BC should be, as Ed Whalen used to say, the former Saskatchewanian. I ring your ding dong dandy hey. but we had where were we yesterday we had nothing to compete against except for maybe blue jays baseball we could have played after blue jays baseball we could have had four games this weekend for some reason yesterday i thought that i was gearing up to sit down and watch this lions and argos game but then i i brought out my score app and i was like oh yeah i forgot it's on monday and if because i was looking forward to it because i have a bet on this game if the argos win tonight i uh i went 43 dollars because you picked the right no, the weekend action or on, what? On my, on my pro line, yeah. Awesome, buddy. Great job. Yeah. Can you buy me a drink or something for a change? Well, the Argos have to win by four or more, and Ooh, then we can talk. It's going to be tight, man. I, I don't it's know good. if that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't know even if you my, win if my, that's going to happen. Knowing my luck, the Argos will win by three, right? Yeah, <laughs> true. Hey, coming up, we're going to hear from Trevor Harris, but up next, let's hear from Colton Clausen, the man we were talking about. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. This is a live show. It's not tape. Let us know where you're listening from at 936-6262. We'll give you a shout-out. Better yet, we got lots of content, as we always do, but we do have a couple of open segments. We'll take your calls at 936-6262. Hey, the Riders have signed American wide receiver Jareth Stearns. He's 5'9", 175, signed with the Buccaneers as an undrafted free agent following the 2022 NFL Draft. 23-year-old spent time on the L.A. Rams practice squad during the 2023 season. Texas native played one collegiate season at Western Kentucky, seeing action in 14 games. He had a career season finishing as the NCAA leader in receiving yards with almost well just over 1900 1902 on 150 catches um 135.9 yards per game and had 17 receiving touchdowns so can't lie i'm looking forward to seeing what he can do brett boyko's back in in the cfl former rider lineman with edmonton replacing another former rider lineman uh uh, what's his name? Uh, Josiah St. John, who is a turnstile, as we know. and he, He's still in the league, huh? He got injured, yeah. yeah. And I told you, Taylor Cornelius is back as a starting quarterback. Let's get out to the Western Pizza Hotline and talk to this guy who plays for the Gamecocks. Not the South Carolina Gamecocks, but the Gamecocks from Saskatchewan and mostly from Saskatoon. They're the senior national flag football champions. Colton Clausen, how are you? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Can't complain. Uh, it's fun to get out yesterday and play some flags. Uh, no, it was a great time, and I was really happy to come out here and do a great job and get the win. So that was in that was in Halifax. Am I right when I say that? Yeah, it's in Halifax. Yeah, we were playing at St. Mary's University Field there. Okay, so this did fly under my radar. How, did you guys just throw this team together, or how? To, uh, like you guys, you're a bunch of mostly Husky guys. I know Nye, Mason Nye's the quarterback. Mitch Hillis on the team. Like you guys just threw this team together, or what? We honestly we threw the team together in about two days. It was kind of just a last minute thing, and we were kind of just plugging and playing guys in. We thought we'd have somewhat of a chance, but you no, know, things went a lot better than. For being honest, that we thought we were going to go from the start, but no, they just—I think it just goes to show you how good the Husky program is and how good uh, 
how how good football is in Sask overall and how it can transfer over to um, flag football. You know, we had James Voss too, another guy. He was a hilltop guy on the UBC Thunderbird, and he's just another guy we were lucky to uh, to have play on our team. And no, we're we're really happy we were able to come out to Halifax and go seven and zero and come home as uh, the senior champ. Okay, so just wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You didn't have to win, at, like okay. So how did you afford to go there? Or how did that work? Did you get sponsors, or did you have to win something out of Saskatchewan to get there, or what? So with that, it's it's pretty crazy. You like every guy paid out of their own pocket, and you go to this, and I think there was fourteen teams, and yeah, each team put in teams, put in a team fee to play in the tournament, and yeah, if you win the tournament, you are the senior men's team. So, no, it, it it's pretty easy to fly under the radar. It's you know you don't hear too much about it, but you know Mitch has played in a, a few tournaments before. Um, Kyle Siemens also was a big big help in setting up the tournament. He was originally supposed to come, but he had some family commitments come up. So we were lucky enough to get a Nye guy to come with us as well, which, you know, is definitely a bonus with the way his brain works. So, no, it was literally a last-minute thing, and we threw this thing in and thought it would be fun and, you know, come out here, play some flight football, and have a couple of beers while we're doing it. So, <laughs> it was a good time. That is a good time. What's it like to be in a competitive situation like that, uh, Colton Clausen, and, and come out a champion? You know, it's good, like, you know, being out of tackle football for a year now. It's uh, it's different, but, no, I think it kind of just brings you back to that, you know, that competitive nature you're kind of used to. And, you know, you miss it. When you get into it, you're like, oh, you know what, this is this is awesome. And I think, you know, once you play sports at a high level, you're always going to have a little bit of that competition in you. So, no, it's awesome, you know, guys go into it saying you're going to be relaxed. But it's always exciting to see guys competitive edge come out and just see that they're always kind of – going to kind of have that as part of who they are so I don't know it was awesome to just kind of be in that competitive arena again and be able to compete and no it was it was honestly a blast and I can't wait to uh hopefully get to play more going forward so what what uh at what point in this tournament did you guys like you went there you spent money it's not cheap to get to Halifax and everything like that so you were in, you were invested financially obviously you were there to have a few beers and have some laughs but you wanted to win but at what point did you guys think we can win you know what's funny? We walked in there and like you know, like you've seen the guys on our team play. You know, we're not the we're definitely not the tallest guys. You know, looking at us coming in, every team's probably looking and saying, "Okay, there's an easy win." But I think once you know, we had a couple of tough games in the start. But once we got into the playoffs on the Saturday, we were just like, "Okay, like okay, kept winning and kept winning." We're like, "Okay, let's let's see what we can do." And we got to the final. We're like, "Okay, we're here. We might as well try and win it all." And you know, I think the biggest thing is just having Mason and having, like, those smart guys on defense. And I think it just shows you how good of a job, like, Sats football and just fo- football in Saskatchewan in general is doing because we were able to plug-and-play guys from different eras, different uh, timelines. And, like, we had a guy from a completely different program. But I think it just goes to show you how good football is in Sask that we're able to kind of just kibosh your team together and throw it in and, you know, go 7-0 in a flag, 7-0 in a flag tournament. So, no, I think it's just really good for – for Sask football and flag football in the province. Uh, Colton Clausen, former uh, Regina Thunder player, a uh, player with the U.S. Huskies, uh, drafted by the Alouettes, and he's a guy that's now a national senior men's champion. We'll get to where you're going next, but like you beat Team Canada 47-27. So what is Team, like what was Team Canada? Were, were, what were they comprised of in terms of players and stuff? Um, they had a lot of alumni guys in their team. I think they had some Montreal Caribbean guys, some Laval, some Quebec. They had a little bit of guys from a little bit of uh, everywhere in the country, so they're they're unbelievable athletes. But 
at the end of the day, you know, you watch I, the biggest thing we even said, you bring Mason along with you. You're going to have a good time. The way his head works is just like something I've never seen. And, you know, he's going to be, a, he's going to be an offensive coordinator at a, at a, whether it be a university program or a program, I think a lot sooner than many people think he might, but he just, he sees things that people don't see and unbelievable human being, unbelievable football player. And I'm just happy that we're able to keep seeing him play in some type of realm of football. Well, and it's great. You're playing, you're you're playing too. It's kind of sad, right? Like, I think it's sad. Like Nias, Nias, well, I talked to him. He didn't think he'd get a legitimate shot to get a fair shot to be a quarterback in the CFL with his hometown Rough Riders. So he decides to go to Vancouver and be a teacher. And then now he's working as the quarterback's coach with UBC. And he's happy, but like he, he thought that was a better route to stay in the game of football. Mitch Hillis, I saw a couple of highlights making one handed catches, one handed toe tap catches, staying in bounds. Uh, Colton Clausen can, uh, you know, pound for pot. I always thought you're one of the toughest football players I've ever seen. It, it's sad that you guys couldn't hang around the CFL, but this, I guess, gives you a nice avenue to keep playing. Who knows? It's an Olympic sport coming up, too. Um, you know, that's a big thing, and I think, that, you know, that's like I love the guys. A bunch, bunch, just a bunch of great guys that, unfortunately, you know, couldn't couldn't get just to that next step. And you know, it sucks just you know not getting that that opportunity. But I think that's the thing. Flag's awesome, and it's it's growing. Well, you look at what the NFL is doing with it, and. The sport's just growing, and it's getting bigger and bigger. And I, yeah, I'm, we've we've talked about it before. It, it, I think it's going to be in the next Summer Olympics, not this one, but the the one after. So it's awesome to see that you know foot, football is an awesome game, and I know a lot of people you know are turned away from the contact of it, but I think that's where flag's good, where anybody can play football now. Because if you're scared of contact, play flag. If you want to play football, there's tackle football. Like there's so many different avenues to be involved in the sport of football. And I think it's just great to see. And I know for guys like myself, I really appreciate having at least this kind of option to keep uh, to keep playing some type of football. I love it, man. I love the smile in your voice and the chuckling there. So now you guys get to go to Finland. Please tell me you don't have to pay for that. Uh, you know what? We're going to have to. I think we're going to try and do some sponsoring. And we'll see what happens. I, uh, you know, I'm still out here with my with my girlfriend and some friends. We're staying out here for another week, so gonna gonna enjoy the time out here. It took some work off, and uh, no, just I guess when we get back, talk talk with football staff, talk with uh, you know. I know Joel Lipinski has always been really close closely and uh, knitted with flag football. Um, yeah, and just see what the plan is going from there, and uh, just hopefully get this. Get this kind of set up uh, sooner than later. So, so, so when it when is that when, when is this? Where is it? I guess it's the World Championship. When is that in Finland? So I believe that's in August the twenty twenty four. Oh, so, so not you, this upcoming August, but the August after. Well, you guys, you guys might be, drink too many beer and be overweight, and and you know when that happens. Uh, no, they're, they're uh, <laughs> no, everyone's still pretty active. So no, we're good. We're in the beer. That's awesome, man. Hey, cool. You know what's fast, guys. You don't stop working. I know that, buddy. Thanks for your time, man. It's great to catch up with you again. Congratulations and enjoy the holiday. Yeah, thank you, Ballsy. Talk to you again soon. Take care, man. Colson, uh, 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 Colton Clausen. What a great job, man. Uh, he's a great kid. Uh, you had Mitch Hillis on that team. Uh, Lameca was on that team. And Mason Nye's just throwing it all over the yard, man. Who else? Do you know who else was on the team? Uh, I, don't, I don't have all the names in yeah. front of me. I'd have to check that out. But uh, 
I saw like uh, Perry texted to me. He said, "Look what look what these guys did." And I'm like, I didn't even know what was happening. Yeah, Perry texted me that too. Actually, yeah, well, he likes to brag about his kid, but who wouldn't want to brag about his kid? Ah, uh, it's a shame that he never got a he never got a crack at the CFL as a quarterback. But as you heard from Clawson there, there's a guy that probably if you know if his trajectory keeps going the way it is, he'd be a coach somewhere. Like in terms of maybe running a uh, you could do a lot worse than running a U sports program. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You're talking about Colton or, or No, I'm talking Mason. about Mason. Oh, yeah. Mason's going to be I, I Mason's going to be an OC someday head coach. I can see it. Yeah, I, I could, I too. I see it. I could, too. And yep. I love watching uh, Colton Clawson play football. He was uh, pound for pound. He's like a firecracker. He was just one of those, like, uh, just hard-nosed. He was know? a Neil Hughes type. He was. He just down, downhill runner. You know, he embraced contact. Oh, yeah. He was one of those guys. And he, to come back from that awful Joe Theismann-like leg break yeah. and, and play again. And he was one of those versatile football players. He could kick return. You know, he could play receiver. Running r- back. Running back. Like, tight end if you needed him to. He could play the, anywhere. Yeah, he was great. Anyway, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have uh, Trevor Harris from practice uh, yesterday. As I did go to practice yesterday. Um Today, not gonna lie to you, I took a just kick back and took a break from watching the Rough Riders a little bit. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. BA Petroleum is a Southern Saskatchewan family owned business that's there for you. They've been supporting their clients for over 30 years with locations in several communities throughout the southern part of the province. BA Petroleum is available for all your bulk fuel and lubricant needs with propane at selected locations Monday to Friday. And don't forget, their Cardlock location is accessible 24 hours for your convenience. BA Petroleum, fuel you once, fuel you forever. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsCage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. We'll get to what I wanted to talk about. You're going to pick my NFL team next besides the Chargers, okay? Uh, my backup team besides the Chargers. Uh, but first, Zinger, uh, Trevor Harris enjoying the off week with his family. Uh, of course, they just had a baby named Trip. I think it's Trenton. Trip and Trace are their kids. That sounds about right. Kaylee is his beautiful wife. Trevor, of course, the father of the household, dealing with a bit of a rib injury after that first game in Edmonton when he got cracked last offensive play of the um, of the game there against Edmonton, the Riders' next opponent. Anyway, Trevor Harris at practice, and uh, yesterday was uh, he threw a beautiful. I was watching one there. He threw a beautiful. Uh, if I was watching from the broadcast booth, I was sitting there in the stands with my son. It would have been a pass left to right, and he was on the right hash mark, and he threw it across the field by the visiting bench, just dropped it over the shoulder on a nice corner route. It was probably like a 60-yard throw, and he just flicked his wrist. It was beautiful, man. I was like, that's that's my that's my quarterback. <laughs> my quarterback that's my it. quarterback right there. That's my quarterback. And that's a quarterback who just doesn't sling the ball. I saw that he was at the Saskatoon Children's yep. Hospital over oh, the weekend yeah. taking pictures and stuff. Dude and is he's he's that's em- what I'm talking about. He's that's embrac- the stuff that matters to he's me. He's embracing being a quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. All right, let's hear from Trevor Harris. Yeah, it's uh it's good enough. I'm just rolling and just go to play and excited to be back here, be with the boys and uh, get back to the normal schedule because you watch all the games on TV and you're just excited for your game. But uh, obviously we didn't get one this week, so 
uh, it's good to be back in the flow. What's it like just being back? You mentioned a little bit about like feeling recharged. You notice that with the guys and everything, they're ready to get back to it. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of energy yesterday. The guys are back. You know, a lot of people get to see each other and whatnot. It was a short bye week for us, but um, obviously lots of energy, lots of uh, excitement, getting ready to rock. And uh, we got Edmonton coming to town, and uh, we get to play in front of the best fans in the league. What was it like to visit the Children's Hospital? Super cool. Um, it's always really. Uh, humbling because you think you're going to go there and be able to give back but you always get more out of it than you could ever give and the kids are just like so resilient and a lot of the kids you know just don't have the days that we have and you know I just think about all the time like we have a garage we have a house for our car and you know a lot of these kids you know just wish they could be in their house and uh, you know live a life where they can get up and walk and do the things they want to do and so the perspective is absolutely incredible and their attitudes are always what blows you away because they're just so happy and uh, a little guy named Landon uh, there is just like coming out and you know cooking this in all the games and having a lot of fun and just his spirit was just just contagious and it was just awesome to be with those people uh, just even for those four sh uh, short few hours. Were you expecting it to have that kind of impact? Yeah I've been on mission trips before and I knew that when I went down there I was like I'm gonna give back this is gonna be awesome you know I want to do things to make you know Jesus proud and um, help you know help other people be there for other people but when I went down there I was like man I've gotten more out of this than I could ever give and so uh, being able to give back to the community should be, you know, it's like a two-way street, but as much as you want to give, they're always giving more back. Does it really hit home, too, when you have three young kids of your own? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, my wife was, she got to go to the Ronald McDonald House in the morning, but uh, she was glad that she didn't get to go to uh, the hospital because, you know, just chokes you up a lot. Uh, you just know what those kids go through. But seeing their spirit, <laughs> seeing their spirit and how jovial they are, and it just brings a smile to your face. And so it's just one of those situations where, uh, it's just an honor and privilege to be able to go there and be able to spend time with them. And then yesterday you met the public at the, at the store. What was it like to wade into Rider Nation? It's crazy. Capacity? It's crazy. You know, like Bain and I were just, you know, having one of those surreal moments. And I remember, you know, seeing my jersey for the first time, you know, in the green and white and seeing like, you know, they sell my jersey. You know, when you're a little kid, you know, you wear jerseys and you envision being your favorite players in your backyard and to see that your jersey's hanging on those uh you know, deals, it's just unbelievable. It's uh, one of those things that's really cool. And then to just get to meet the fans, the real owners of the team, which is the community. And so uh, it's just a really good time to go there. And a lot of people had come from Saskatoon uh, to meet us. And it was just really cool to sit there with uh, Mario and Bain and uh, be able to meet some of the people. You can't, you can't control the schedule, but did you wish you could play on uh, Canada Day weekend? Yeah, I saw somebody say, uh, one of the fans that said, like, Canada's team should play on Canada Day. And uh, I was like, that's good. And maybe the CFL, maybe I'll do that next year. What, uh, what do you look at from week one heading into this week? Because you, you mentioned that's the worst you had played in a win week one against the Elks. Yeah, it's more or less just about, you know, being comfortable. And, uh, you know, I didn't quite know what I was doing quite yet. And a lot of reps, you know, needed to, you know, really settle down and know what you're trying to do and uh, what they're trying to do. And um, this game is just more about just, you know, being able to go in there, stand in there, no matter what happens, and be able to deliver the passes, you know, hand the ball off take what the defense gives us, move the chains one play at a time, all the cliches, but they're cliches for a reason. And so we'll just go out there and execute one play at a time. And uh, to me, that's really what it's all about. Uh, we've got the guys to do it. Uh, we're next man up, obviously. Uh, here right now, we've got a lot of guys down, but we got a lot of guys excited to play this week. Was it something Edmonton had done defensively week one, or was it more of you just not feeling that full comfortability in the offense? We don't want to you know, take any credit away from them. They did, they did a good job. Uh, they did a really good job disrupting our routes, you know, at the point of attack and uh, at the line of scrimmage and um, 
from there it was just about us being able to make adjustments and we didn't make adjustments in time um, and it was it was a you know all-around effort when you watch the film it's never as bad never as good and a few bad plays uh, make it feel even worse you know when you throw a couple picks like that that you don't typically throw you know just miss the throw and then a bonehead play so uh, to me it's just about making sure that we you know staying staying ahead of the chains make sure we're you know staying with our game plan I'm trusting my reads listening to my feet and letting her rip. What do you expect from them? That seems like a desperate team at this point for them early this season, winless. I expect them to be Chris Jones-led football team. They're going to come out and play hard. They're they're going to always be long, athletic, strong, and they're going to play hard. Uh, they got a lot of dogs, and so do we, though. Uh, but we're, we're excited to go tee it up, and they got to come here and uh, deal with our crowd, and uh, we get in, we can go put on a show for our crowd. With all the receivers uh, down right now and you have that next man up mentality, how much extra work is being put into – get guys on the same page hey I want to see you make this cut at, at this point it's yeah it's a lot like about it. communication you, you said it it's it's not necessarily you know getting the extra work running 10 20 different routes extra routes it's more about communication being able to say you know this is what you're going to do this is how many steps your third or fourth outside step this is the angle you're going to take this is who you're looking for this is the guy that could disrupt the play uh, these are the pockets in the zones if it is zone, but if it's man, this is the leverage we want to do. So it's just about communicating through all those things. Do you almost come, become a, a second receivers coach in, in that aspect of where you <laughs> kind of want guys to be and what you want them to do? No, I actually worked with a receivers coach. He played up here, Kenny Stafford, uh, a couple off seasons ago, and he uh, he taught me a lot of stuff about receiver play. But for me to go tell, um, you know, shoot Tevin Jones or Sean Bain or Kendall Watson, Kalijah, Sam, pick any of those guys, if I try to tell them how to run a route, that's just being silly. I just tell them how I want things done, and they and I just let them do their thing. Does it, does it make a difference having a, a former quarterback, Drew Tate, as the receiver's coach? Does that help with that communication at all, or, or no, not really? Yeah, it does. Um, I played with Drew in 2017. He was in Ottawa with me, and so just getting to know his brain and how it worked and his different the way he sees the game and uh, the different ways that we can get to certain concepts, you know, with his sort of mindset. And, uh, you know, obviously Kelly calls the offense, and so everything's run through him. And so if we have an idea or we talk through things, we take it to Kelly, and then we go from there. But, uh, you know, it's obviously great to have Drew, a former teammate of mine, also somebody I know how he thinks the game, and we've been in the quarterback room together, so it's good. How nice was it to get that running game really going like this past week? Well, I guess like two weeks yeah. ago now. Yeah, it's something we've been talking about, but it's something we want to make sure we emphasize and put a stamp on because that's what we want to do. We want to have our offensive line be able to come downhill, be, be physical, be aggressive, and then it be able to help our play action game a little bit. But really, uh, if you walk, look at any team that's won championships, they've been able to run the football. Last year, Toronto with Olette and uh, Andrew Harris, you know, years prior with Winnipeg, with Andrew Harris, with Brady Oliveira, you know, they're able to run the football. And with the Calgary teams, you know, they've always had great running backs. And for us to be able to, you know, win football games late in the year, we've got to be able to establish the run. And so it's no better time than now to keep continuing to establish it. You mentioned earlier that you've done some mission work. When was that and where did you go? Uh, it was 2012 and 13. It was my first two off seasons up here. We went to Dominican Republic um, with a college university place, and I kind of helped mentor the kids there, uh, the college kids there. I shouldn't say kids. They were just a couple years younger than me. My brother and I went down there, and uh, it was just something that we've always wanted to do, you know, to make sure that uh, we're able to kind of give back and see what the other side of the fence is like because we all live very privileged lives with you know, my parents have been tremendous parents my entire life, and uh, they've been there for me every step of the way. I've never had to worry about where my next meal's coming from. And so to see the other side of the fence, it lets a lot of gratitude. But it also, like I said, you get more way and more out of it than you're ever going to go there and give. All right, that is Trevor Harris. Very good uh, head on his shoulders. So um, he's absolutely right. He went to the Children's Hospital. I told you I moved my parents from the Lutheran home to Brightwater, okay? And just being in one of those, like, uh, care facilities with the uh, people that are 
getting older in age, ran into John Lynch. Um, puts Really puts things in perspective, man. Like, even said to my son, so <clears throat> my mom doesn't have a leg anymore, right? And so she's very limited what she could do. So if, we, if we're moving stuff up, we use the elevator. But going down, I'd always use the stairs. I'm like, I can walk. I can do a... I can walk, so it puts things it puts things in perspective. Yeah. There's always somebody with worse off than you. Yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like to go to uh, the children's hospital, like Trevor Harris. Yeah, then especially with just having could, a baby and yeah. three young. For I don't kids. know if I could do it. I, 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 well, I've done tele, I've done uh, radio fawns there before, but um, they would just be like. It's um, pretty sobering. Yeah, man. that's the word. It's pretty. It's absolutely. It's absolutely pretty sobering, and I think it's great for a. Um, I think it's absolutely great for anybody to do it, but when your quarterback of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders can go do it, Canada's team, mm. the the flagship franchise of the CFL in terms of popularity and everything like that, it, it puts in perspective like wins and losses. If I don't think he needed to do that to have perspective, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, think, I think it's always we, great to go and do we that. We have to see like more of it. It seems like the last. I could be wrong, but last like ten years or whatever, I don't know. It just seems like um, we haven't seen that as much. I could be wrong. Well, there was a the... stretch there for a couple of years where you couldn't because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, riders are starting to get back to doing that. I hope other teams. And I'm not just are... talking about the riders; just like across, like you know, the Anywhere. Canadian Football League. Maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe it's happening, and we just don't see it behind closed doors. But... Well, they need to do that for sure. That's what they're a gr- they're a mom and pop league in a ground grassroots league and that's what they need to do mm-hmm. uh speaking of the league let's talk a little bit before we go to break about what we saw so far this uh, week uh, the first game of the week was <laughs> edmonton and ottawa that was n- i mean if you get smoked by ottawa you got some big time problems he has, i predict ottawa to win baby i know he has mismanaged that he has mismanaged that team so badly yeah. You see how skinny that quarterback is? Adams on the auto. His arms are smaller. I'm not even kidding you. His They're arms smaller, are smaller yeah, than yeah, mine, probably. Yeah. He could do probably a backflip better than you, though. Yeah, yeah, probably. But I couldn't believe my eyeballs. But I felt good for Bob Dice winning that one. Yeah, me too. Are you concerned at all about this game here on Thursday? Because they are, like, they are, if there's the word desperate, you look it up in the dictionary and the Elks logo is right by it. They need to win. I'm not, de- I'm not uh, worried about it because if the Riders play to their potential we the riders win the game because we have a better team than them so even with all going the, by that thought i don't think there's anything to worry would about would you be long. concerned if godber and kelly don't play on the offensive line they didn't practice today i still think we win without without those guys so right now early on look in the at, week look at their offense man oh like, it's terrible it's terrible no geno lewis now our defense going up against no i don't i don't see the riders losing this game if they play you know, rider football. I think they need to win this game. They have to win this game. Oh, and I almost, so. I'd yeah. almost suggest they need to win the next two games to set themselves up pretty nicely because they got to go to BC and then Toronto after that, come back and play Ottawa and then quickly back to Montreal. It's going it, to, it's weird because if the riders lose this yeah. game, it's almost going to feel like we haven't won a game yet. That's the way it's going to feel around town. If we lose to the winless Elks, it's going to yeah. feel like, you know, we're a winless football team. Hey, no shocker here. Looks like one Reed Fajardo's back. Did you see him? Yeah, well, Did yeah, you see him? Yeah, one read for see, see that one uh, interception he threw? Yeah. Right, right to left yeah. in, the, in the red yeah. zone? Yeah. Yeah. Absolute muffin ball over Co- the middle. Cody 2019 Fajardo. Yeah. He had one year, a flash in the pan. Nobody had stats on the dude. He had a great offense or a 
film on the dude. He had great offensive line in front of him, and that uh, is the main reason why he was close to being the MOP. Let's not kid ourselves. Is he a terrible quarterback? No. But but that sometimes sometimes zinger. You have to trust the, you know, we, we sit here and we say, well, that guy, that Jones doesn't know what he's talking about, and this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Well, listen, th- let's be honest. These I can critique Chris Jones um, for how he manages his quarterbacks and how he devalues his quarterbacks. But didn't Chris Jones say something pretty accurate? I just don't think Cody's a good passer. Well, the he's, the, he's the guy who called Darian Duran an average quarterback. Well, I don't, I don't agree with that. But he, he, he he's always been on that wavelength of disrespecting but he call, but he quarterbacks. Call, but he called it right. Whether they're Canadian or American, he called it right. Though he said, "I, I just don't think he's a good passer of the football." Yeah. and he was right. <laughs> I, listen, Cody is Cody looks good because he can run around. And do what he has to do, right? Like he's mm-hmm. running around, he can make things happen with his feet. But yeah, um, he was right on that one. He was right on that one. But he is one read Cody. Like if it's not open, he runs around. He doesn't exactly keep his eyes downfield. He did throw a couple of nice balls. Yeah, he but did. he got sacked what five more times. He's on pace to being sacked ninety times this year. And didn't Montreal apparently have a better old line than the Riders did coming into the season? Yeah, well, I think we all know what the problem is. It's yeah. not. It's not the offense. So, line. how do you feel about Winnipeg after watching that game? That was delayed by rain and really wasn't a true indication because they had to sit around for two hours. Yeah, but I, I don't really put too much weight into that game just for the points that you just said. The the weather was was you know not up to par. The, the game was kind of a wash, no pun intended. I don't I don't make much of it. Winnipeg, I think, were just kind of going through the motions. It looked like you know they knew they were going to win the game. Uh, every time that the Alouette's offense was out in the field, it was kind of just like okay, waiting for a punt. How do you think this Argo game much. goes today? Argos BC Lions. I am hoping the Argos win it by four. I know, four. but how, uh, do you see it? Do you see it by four? No, more? I know. I think BC is going to win tonight. Think so? I think so. Yeah, I don't. I think it might even be like a two-score game. It's going to be. Cl- I think it's going to be close, but I think BC is just the better team in my opinion. That that defense that that game versus Winnipeg last week it really. You know, swung things in my head. I got the Argos by six. Today. Do you? Yep. Mm-hmm. Twenty. I hope you're right. Twenty-seven, twenty-one Argos. I just. Don't I, know. I want to see Chad Kelly. Another. Let, let me see some more Chad Kelly. They got a great defense. Their front seven's real good. Their linebacking core is probably the best in the league. The Argos. Mm. I, I think it's going to be a slobber knocker of a game, and the sad thing is, is I won't be able to watch it because the first hour I'm here and I'm going golfing after this. You're show. going golfing for wow. nine holes, buddy. I'm going to golf at my own course, Aspen Links, because if I if I'm really you know wetting the bed by the fourth hole, I'll just hop the fence going to my backyard. <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. What do you think the crowd's going to be like in they Toronto? They say it's tonight. tracking for eleven thousand. No, that's not very good. But they, I guess they've got a lot of construction. I'd love to go there because I want to know how tough. It is to get to that stadium, and this is the second year it's in a very row. Tough. This is the second year in a row that I am not going to Toronto because I'm going down to Halifax. I saw again. a Toronto FC game there years ago. It's and, bad, and the, literally the only way it seems like you could get there is if you take the transit, the, the, the go transit, the yeah, the green and gray well, they train. They, they said don't drive down there because they. I got, don't even know got, if there's a parking lot there. They said you can't drive it's down hard. there. Well, how do they tailgate? They said they got great tailgating down well, there. There's parking lots around there, like that Rico Coliseum where the Marlies play. I don't yeah. know if it's called that anymore, but there's parking lots around there. I just, you know, it's very tough to get there off the Gardner Expressway. You just got the the transit there, and then outside of that, it's kind of like I'm not as worldly as you have never been around that area. Well, I wouldn't even know BMO Field if I walked by it. It's a, I like the. Stadium. Stadium, though. It's Looks nice. Too bad. 
people don't go there. Mulliter tells me that the broadcast booth is horrible. Like yeah. we are shoulder to shoulder. Well, with I think you have, a nice, you have a nice view, though. Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you can't. If all you can't that matters it. at the end of the day is you have a nice view and the broadcast sounds good. You know, that's all that matters. Think uh, about your experience from Hamilton. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah. And the Great Cups there. Oh, yeah. I hope our team's there, though, but I won't get to call the game. Oh, Great Cup tickets are on sale, too. They went on sale uh, over the weekend. Oh, nice. And ticket sales looking like they're pretty good. They're, really? Even yeah. though Hamilton sucks? Yeah. I was looking at tickets and they're pretty much. I'm, I don't want to say they're close a to ticket, a sellout. What's the ticket price about, there? Average about kind of like what it was here. I was looking at it. Lower bowl ticket about four fifty. See, that's way too much. That's way too much. Listen, I love the CFL, but we are trying. No, no, you should not pay any more than two hundred and fifty bones for a Grey Cup ticket. That should be the most a Grey Cup ticket costs anybody. Why? Well, I, I like with inflation and stuff. I know things have changed, but the two thousand three Grey Cup in Regina, my family and I sat in uh, the family fun zone area, so north end zone. Yeah, those tickets were ninety nine bucks. So in what? Yeah, so what was twenty thirteen? Let's be a little closer. Were you at uh, that game? Uh, no, I wasn't. Unfortunately. Yeah. So you didn't go to that game? I was out of town, unfortunately. Can you tell me why? Was it a health thing or what? I just don't know if I even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my biggest regrets. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage. Right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. All right, welcome back to the show. I want to get to a couple of hockey things here. Minnesota Wild have acquired forward Pat Maroon from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa gets a seventh-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. You and I, Sean Gleisinger, were in Anaheim to watch a couple of Ducks games, and we both turned to each other and said, what the hell is John Gibson still doing here? Like, the guy is, like, he's out on an island. They're goalies, like, standing on his head. We looked at the clock. He made, like, 35 saves. They still got blown out. And I'm like, what is going on? But he's done now, right? He says he's done. He says he's not playing another game for the Anaheim Ducks. He wants out. And why wouldn't you outside of the nice beaches? 100%. Um, So he's going to be gone. Uh, I wonder where he would end up. hmm. Montreal would be nice. And they need a goalie. Max Domi is where his dad used to kick some butt. Uh, Ty Domi, he's in Toronto. Yeah, your dream comes true, Max. Okay, yeah. you got to play with yeah. your, for your dad's team. So he's there, and they also signed uh, Bertuzzi, Tyler, Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi. So they got and Reeves signed there too. Yeah, not going to mess with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Willard Reeves' son, <laughs> Ryan Reeves, signing there. That, that, that reminds me, Don Cherry tweeted out I think yesterday yeah. uh, how uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have got a whole lot tougher. Hey, let's go. Let's Something go. Like that. They got a lot. Tougher. Nobody, wants, tougher nobody wants to play them, I'll tell you right now. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this singer. I want to get into some of the uh, the overhyped, overlooked teams in the NFL. Okay? I was, reading an article. I was reading an article in The Athletic where I subscribe. Good publication, even though they once again hacked and slashed 20% of their, their contributors, including Bill Shea, who usually joins us here on the Sports Cage. So... One of the overhyped teams, and I can't disagree, is the New York Jets. You agree with that? Overhyped yeah, team. 40-year-old oh yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and he does make them better at quarterback. But father time is undefeated, and it's going to take time to get chemistry. Looks like they might be uh, the hard knocks team this year, the New they York They didn't want to be, but yeah. yeah. Another overhyped team, and I think we saw it, Zinger, in Los Angeles, me and you. 
Um, the Miami Dolphins, they're overhyped. I think Tua Tunga Bailoa is an overhyped quarterback. I'd agree with that. He could throw short to medium, can't throw deep. He got ambushed that game. That was hilarious. He did. He did. <laughs> uh, he he got off to an eight and one start in twenty twenty two, but wasn't the same down the stretch of the I'm season, losing him. four straight and missing the final two games after returning to cut concussion protocol. Yeah. So yeah, uh, another overhyped team. Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. They are overhyped every single year. Yeah. Every every single year since they won their last Super now Bowl in sca- 1995. Now the scapegoat could have been... Now, I'm not going to sit here and say to you that I'm the knower of all things Dallas Cowboys. Mike McCarthy is not a head coach. He's a horrible yeah, game manager. Yeah, you know manager. that from being oh. a Green Bay Packer fan. But he gassed, <laughs> oh, yes, he, gassed Kellen, he gassed Kellen Moore. Now, I don't know how much Kellen Moore had to do with calling the place or if McCarthy called the place, sucked at it, and got rid of Kellen Moore. So he is uh, the leader of an overhyped team. So says the Athletic, and I think you tend to agree. Oh, absolutely. They also have my Chargers as an overhyped team because my Chargers, Kellen Moore, everybody says they're going to be a lot better with Kellen Moore. I guess that's to be determined. I just I worry I worry about their offensive line. It seems like they uh, it seems like Herbert never has time to throw the rock. But I'll tell you this, man, you were there live and we were sitting high in SoFi, but he made some unreal throws. Yeah, he did. Like only a couple of guys in the league could make those throws. The biggest thing I take about I take out of that experience is the LA Charger game was a better uh, better experience yeah, than the Rams. Isn't that funny? Everybody busts the Chargers. And it's supposed balls. to be like yeah, the yeah, number one tenant the Rams, yeah, but no, that I'm not just saying this because you're a Charger fan. It was no. a better it was a better atmosphere, better Ab- game absolutely presentation. Absolutely better. I thought it was better too. How about this? They have the Detroit Lions as an overhyped team. They started at one and six and flirted with the playoffs as they fell just short at nine and eight. Like they came on. Do you think with Jared Goff the Lions are for real this year? Could you see them challenging for your division title? Yeah, I think I think the NFC North is going to be really tight this year. I wouldn't classify them as overhyped. I think they're right where they should be. Now they have these teams as overlooked. The Jacksonville Jags. Are they overlooked, or do you think people are expecting them to be a playoff team this year? They came back and beat my Chargers down 27 nothing and lost a pretty close one in the divisional round of the Chiefs. They have a very winnable division, so I, I feel like the Jacksonville Jaguars could win that. AFC yeah, I don't South. think they're overlooked. Like I think people expect them yeah. to take the next step. Here's a big question. Do you think Nathan Rourke stays with the team, or is he back in the CFL? Well, he. I think with three quarterbacks, he probably hangs around. Outside of the, uh, outside of watching the Green Bay Packers in the preseason, I am going to be glued to the Jags three preseason games because I think if he has good performances yeah. in those games, yeah. I don't think you can cut him. How about this one, C.J. Beathard? How about nah. these guys? Where, what do you think? The, what do you? They call. They see these guys are overlooked too. The Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson now gets oh, to play. Those guys suck. They'll be done. I, I'm not a believer. It's a joke how that guy has. How about so much Jim Schwartz? Money. He's a new defensive coordinator. They added no. some on defense. Doesn't matter. I'm not a believer in the okay. Browns. Did, did 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 Hopkins go anywhere? D Hop. Not no not as not not, not as far. No, nope, I wonder yet. why the Browns haven't reached out. They usually get guys like that. How do you think the Rams are going to do this year? They say they're an overlooked team. They think the Rams will be better this year. I think year. they're done. I do too. They're I do toast. think they're done. Yeah, I think Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, they're all long in the tooth. I totally agree. Here's one I know you'll be happy with. They say the Green Bay Packers are an overlooked team. They're going to be hungry to defy expectations that they'll experience a drop off, a big drop off with Rodgers in New York. You think Jordan Love can be the guy? Oh yeah. Absolutely. You do? Yeah, I do. Why? 
Well, I think number what one. What have you seen from him that, okay, I'm, besides being blind with green and gold glasses? Well, I know when, when he came off the bench last year when the Packers were losing big time to the Philadelphia Eagles, I know that they were, you know, the Eagles were kind of playing whatever type of defense, but like he, you could just tell by his mechanics. You could just tell by his, he, he's developed a lot the last three years. And I think, uh, just the simple fact that there won't be that power struggle now where Aaron Rodgers feels like he has to have full command of the offense, him and Matt LaFleur colliding heads. Finally, LaFleur could just run his offense. I remember about a month or so ago, uh, the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, was telling me the exact same thing. He feels like the Packer offense now can actually be true to itself. We're going to actually see the real Packer offense now. Aaron Rodgers, he would change everything. Yeah. And he would he would run his style of the West Coast offense, a variant what which he ran when Mike McCarthy was the head coach. He kept on snapping back to that old rhythm. Now it's... No, it's full team mode now. I think I personally think this, and gonna, I never got into it with you before because because uh, I didn't want to fight with you on the air. But now I don't have to fight with you because well, you don't like Rodgers anymore. Mm. I think Aaron Rodgers is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the history of the NFL in terms of like I think he can throw. An, I, I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback, but they talk about him as being one of the greats of all time. He has one championship, and he's choked at home more than than I can remember any supposed star quarterback. No. He should have been in Super Bowls and won way more Super Bowls with the Green Bay Packers. I think he's a great quarterback. He'll go into the Hall of Fame, but at the same time, I think he's overrated. I don't. I don't think he's overrated. I. I really don't like. If it wasn't for Brandon Bostic fumbling an onside kick in 2014 versus the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC Championship, the Packers would be playing the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. It's kind of, I don't look at Super Bowls because we all know, like, Jim Kelly, a hell of a quarterback. He lost four of them. You're not going to say Trent Dilford's better than Jim Kelly. You're not going to say Brad Johnson's better. So I don't, I don't count Super Bowls really in the equation. Dan Marino's better than. Yeah, but count what he squandered. Uh, Well, at the, it's a team game. I just mentioned Brandon Bostick. Like the Packers would have been in the Super Bowl if it wasn't for that goofball fumbling it on. Do you remember that the onside kick fumble? Like, no, he has one of the best. I think right now he's second all time behind Patrick Mahomes in interception or touchdown to interception. Who's the better ratio. quarterback, Favre or Rodgers? Ooh, that's tough. Mm. Who's the better Packer quarterback of all time? I think I think it's no debate, Brett Favre. I think uh, Brett Favre is more important to the Packers' history than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he, is he actually Brett, turned them from a doormat yeah. to something. And Brett. So if I had a pick, I would I would probably say Brett Favre is the best Packer quarterback of all time, and that's coming from someone who's you know. Pretty big, pretty big Rogers fan, you know. But it's I just don't like the person that Brett Favre has turned into. So it's hard well, for me. Yeah, to, but you can't. Hey, listen. If I you're gonna, know. If you're gonna we're pick, talking just straight accidental. You're, you're gonna pick guys on who they are. We can eliminate half the NFL. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I already stated. I'm. I think Favre is Favre is the best. Anyway, this is, single turn. Yeah, sorry. What were we going to say? No. We got lots of time. Believe me. There's nobody even listening to this show today. I don't even know why we're here. If it wasn't for Favre, the, the Lambeau Field atrium wouldn't be there. No. Like, he's the greatest he, Packer quarterback. Well, is he, he better came than in, Bart Starr? I don't know. But ooh. he's the he's the best since we've been alive. When Favre came in in 1992 when the Magic Man went down versus the, Cincinnati, yeah, when he went versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. <sighs> The era was born, Ballsy. The era was born. Yeah. This is the sports cage on 620 CKRM.
620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Yeah. Let's get it going. 936-6262, the number to text. Wake up! From the Capital Auto Group. Yeah, wake the hell up. We came in here to do a show for you. We could have just rolled out some of our best of, because believe me, we're the one sports show in Saskatchewan that can legitimately have a best of show, because we have like eight guests a day. But we thought, no, we're coming in and we're doing a show live for you on a holiday Monday during the football season, because we are your voice of the Riders, the CFL, your voice of Saskatchewan. We're not lazy. We work today. And so we're here, but you got to text us, 936-6262. I'll go home if you don't want me here. Hey, Brandis on the text line. Yeah. The hype horn works, man. Yeah. Brandis says, hey, guys, I'm listening and so happy you guys are on. Hope the riders stumped the Elks this week. Thanks for making Monday more enjoyable, knowing we are not the only ones working. Yeah, Robert Anderson listening, too. Last time I... I think Robert Anderson was in Fiji the last time he texted us during a rider broadcast. Like He's, Fiji water? Like No, no, like Fiji the country. Uh, no, like the island, know, Fiji the Islands. the water's named after Oh, that, right? I guess so. I don't know. I have no idea, Zinger. I'm a sports guy. Anyway, yeah, Robert Anderson listening. And Cody Mapes from Weyburn, Saskatchewan. I think he just celebrated, if I'm not mistaken, is it his fifth wedding anniversary? Happy so, wedding anniversary. Yeah, yeah, that's right. At least he got one ring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say about Connor McDavid, too. At least he got one ring. He's getting engaged. His girlfriend got a ring. Um, anyway. Wasn't uh, there some snaky rumors about him? Nah, that was all BS from way back in the day. You can do anything now with AI and he stuff. Got, he got caught walking no, away with he, another woman. No, that was before, way back in the day. Don't make, a, don't make up rumors. <laughs> what happened to your uh, cell phone singer? Yeah, well, this is technically, this is not mine. I, my yeah, son so, threw it in the toilet. Yeah, what, what right. So want? maybe you're getting some misinformation on your wife's 2009 Motorola there. No, that's true. Hey, um, the razor. By the way, uh, we'll talk about Connor Bedard in a second. I want to bring this up, Zinger. Uh, where would you put yourself on the list uh, from zero to ten on the list of invested, engaged, knowledgeable, passionate sports fan from zero to ten? If it's your team, I'm a ten. <laughs> okay, okay, it's great, Zinger. What do you think is the greatest night in Saskatchewan Rough Rider? You're a Rider fan, right? You're a Ryder fan, right? Why are you doing this? Zinger, are you a Ryder fan? Yeah, I'm a Ryder fan. Okay, okay, stop it, stop it, stop it. Zinger, what is the greatest night in Saskatchewan Rough Riders history? Well, just wait. I'll I'll tell you what it was. November twenty fourth, twenty thirteen, with Martin Short and Tom Hanks in the building. The Rough Riders destroyed the Hamilton Tiger Cats forty five to twenty three to win their fourth Grey Cup in their history. First one on home turf. It was outstanding. They got a fine for all running out together. And of course, Singer, you were there. You bought your tickets early, right, Singer? Yep, that's right. Yep. Zinger, you were not there. Why were you not at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders game? I don't. I, I had prior commitments. That's all I'll Zinger, say. Zinger, why were you not at the game? Don't jam out on the. Why were you not there, Zinger? That is embarrassing. I was in love. In love with the wife you have now? Nope. Oh, where were you? I was in. Uh, I was in Toronto. You were in Toronto on Grey Cup Sunday. I was watching the game. 
How long after did you break up with this girl? Uh, a couple weeks, I think. Yeah, like you you couldn't live with yourself. You probably couldn't walk by a mirror as a Ryder fan. It's one of those things, you know, that... Uh, you picked a significant other in front of a foot... Ahead of a football game. You know, sometimes... Uh, you I, take I th- the call. Go I, ahead. I think people are yeah. Call, call it. Go call go go ahead. Go ahead. At me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get just just. Do you want to bring them on live? Yeah. Just tell. Go ahead and answer the call. Right. They're saying I'm going to continue just to bash you. Yeah. So Sean Kleisinger, this big Ryder fan, he knows everything that there is to know about the Riders since he was a Ryder fan and remembering being a Ryder fan. He isn't even around for the 2013 Grey Cup. That is embarrassing. Craig wants to talk. Okay, put Craig on. Craig, go ahead. You're on the yeah, sports cage. Up. Hey, how's it going? You guys are asking for some commentary, so good day to get in. How's it going? Good, man. What's up? Uh, I just wanted to ask you one thing and then mention another. The first thing was, uh, do you think if the Riders want to finish second place these next... I'm just on the phone, bud. <laughs> yeah. there's, a little, there's a little guy in training. He said, Daddy, there's the Rider Stadium. That's awesome. That's awesome. It, it, Go ahead. If, if, the, if the Riders want to finish or have a good shot at a home playoff game, I think I wanted to ask you, do you think they got to win the next two home games? Yep. Yeah, I do. I really do believe that. you got to take uh, advantage of the early season equity uh, or build it up is what I mean. So, like, you can – you can. although the Riders have a lot of injuries right now, usually it gets uh, – even tougher as the season goes along. So it's better to get a hold of these teams like Calgary's banged up. I know they signed that uh, Mark and Michelle guy as a receiver, veteran guys back um, from the NFL. But you got to catch, catch these teams when you can. And the Riders have an opportunity with these back-to-back games to win the season series versus Edmonton and Calgary early on in the year. And that's a key. So, yeah, I, I, totally, I totally think that's the case. they got to win these games. Uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I just wanted to get your thought on it. And the other thing I wanted to say is it's been a treat to watch. Uh, hang on, hang on, Bryden. Uh, hang on, Bryden. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's okay, man. I just man. wanted to say it, it was a, it's been a treat to watch Harris so far. He's shown poise in the pocket. He's dropped uh, some balls in. And you've talked a lot about the, our previous number seven quarterback and it's just been a difference. You, you always feel like you've got a shot in the game. And I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I truly believe the quarterback makes the receivers, not the other way around. And in the Fajardo era, we had it the other way around, and he just never recovered. And this, this time, it seems that we've got a guy who can get the ball to where it needs to be on time, make the read, make the play, and, and here's hoping. So I, I feel good about our team so far. Thanks, Craig. listen to you guys. Thanks, Craig. Have a good rest of the afternoon with your son, Bryden. Enjoy the rest of the season. I appreciate it. And I don't disagree with him. I think there's a little bit, like, I think it's probably about 70-30 zinger. Like, the quarterback... The quarterback does make the receiver, but sometimes the receiver has to make the quarterback in certain situations. Yeah, okay. yeah. Harris, Harris, though, what he does, Zinger, I've said this many times, he's like Philip Rivers used to be in the NFL. He 
made a lot with what he had, and he always had a makeshift offensive line. The Chargers didn't have a really good offensive line except for like 2005, 2006, where they stayed healthy. Otherwise, they had injuries, and he had like street free agents coming off, and he had to get the ball out of there. And so he, with his IQ, will get the ball out in a hurry and get it to the open guy, and that's very much what Trevor Harris has done. And I have nothing against Cody Fajardo. I like Cody Fajardo. I guess, he, you know, from what I could tell, he was good in the community. He had one really good season, a so-so season, and then a crappy season. Uh, and we're seeing some of it like we saw against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers the other night. He, he, if his first guy isn't open, he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And that's basically the recipe to beat Cody Fajardo. Get in his face. Get him all rattled. Then he spins out to the left nine times out of ten. We got another caller? Yeah, I think John wants to talk. All right. You. Is this John the Habs fan? Oh, yeah. John the Habs fan. Go ahead, man. Hey, both. Yeah, I read your tweet the other day about the Eskimos, uh, you know, with Chris Jones. I I agree. I mean, he's an idiot. He had a chance to get Dane Evans. He's a better quarterback than anything they got. And he just refuses to to, uh, do anything, you know, and it's embarrassing. Well, I didn't say he was an idiot, but I'm not going to. You can have your own opinion. I said he was an idiot. Yeah, you said he was an idiot. But I will say this. He does not value the quarterback position. And... And it's not just it's not just Chris Jones. Look what happened to Bill Belichick. He didn't value Tom Brady, and he hasn't been the same Bill Belichick since Tom Brady left. You're absolutely right. That, that's why they call him Bill Belichick. <laughs> and let's be honest, Chris Jones is not an idiot when it comes to football. But no, it's not. But he should realize that uh, you know quarterbacks the most important position. Yes. And then if you don't have one, you're not. I don't care how good the receivers you got. You got nothing. I really think if Chris Jones came in here and kept Darian Durant around for a couple of years and and put some weapons around him and bought into that side of things, then he uh, then he would have Darian would have been here, and I think they could have been successful. But he had to come in and do what his uh, what his um, protege or what his pardon me his mentor did. Don Matthews did that. He'd come in, he'd lay the hammer, he'd usually cut one or two popular guys to say, you know, the big deal's in town. Uh, difference is, Don Matthews way more proven than Chris Jones, in my opinion. And you're right. Absolutely. And, I mean, uh, it looks good on uh, Chris Jones. I hope he uh, goes winless. And then they fire him, and they hire a, a quarter, you know, a coach that put some value in a quarterback that's that's embarrassing. Hey, John the Habs fan, our buddy Zinger wants to ask you a question. Yo, John, what would you think of uh, Carey Price and, uh, you know, his brain cramp at the draft? What would you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> I laughed when I watched it. I thought uh, it was pretty funny. They should have told him the guy's name. kind of reminds me when Bobby Clark did that with uh, Claude Giroux. Yeah. Don't I, you, oh, sorry. Go, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, don't you think, like, the guy standing behind him should have, like, I don't know, Kerry was looking behind him, looking for some help, and they left him out there to dry. That's what I think. Is that what you think? Yeah, they did. Watching it? I I do. Yeah. Uh, Even our owner, Jeff Molson, didn't look uh, too impressed. Jeff Molson sort of stepped in and said, like, you know, it's uh, David Reinbacker. Hey, so uh, here's a question for you, John, and Zinger can weigh in, too, because I've bitched about this a lot. I'm watching these drafts, and I'm like, the CFL needs to put more of an effort into their draft, don't they? Oh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. They should do what the uh, NHL and the NFL do. 
I mean, granted, the the CFL draft is a little different because we don't have, like, because of the mentality, we don't draft quarterbacks or a lot of those sexy positions first. So we don't, it's not the glitz and glamour. And we have to wait to see what Canadians go in the NFL draft and see if they're available for our draft. So it's a little different, but you could put an effort in. Like, seriously, if they told John, hey, John Schmidt, you uh, can come here to the casino. We'll give you six drinks. And I know you're a Ryder fan, but today you're an Argo fan. Put on an Argo jersey. Same thing for Sean. And you just paper the place, have a party, put all the tables at the Casino Regina, let's say for you know the first year, and, and jazz it up and move it to Winnipeg and move it to move it around places and make it look good. If you don't care about your product, nobody else is gonna care about the product. I agree, but you know, Balzi, I also don't like our, our commissioner. I just uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> Andy Ambrosi should be fired, in my opinion. Uh, hey, John, thanks for listening, man. Have a great rest of the weekend. Enjoy the game. Hey, who do you got tonight, Toronto or the British Columbia Lions? I think BC blows them away. Okay. Oh. I can't wait to watch it. Thanks. That means I don't win money. Yeah, we want Zinger to win money. Zinger said he's going to buy you a beer the next time he sees you if the Argos win. He's on. <laughs> he's on. <laughs> okay, see you later, bro. Take care. Thank you. Yep. Uh, let's get a couple of texts here. Uh, we're out listening, boys. Keep the sports talk rolling. It's Tom and Davidson. Hey, Sports Cage, I'm from Pangman. Uh, Evan Johnson, number 64, is my cousin. Oh, is he now? Evan Johnson is your cousin, Mr. Anonymous. Well, we're. Uh, it's almost like you teed this up, Mr. Anonymous from Pangman. Here is number 64, Evan Johnson. All right, well, I'm joined with Evan Johnson. Evan, just coming off of a Canada Day, Canada Day weekend. Is that a weekend that uh, you hold dear to your heart? I, I always enjoy Canada Day weekend, uh, especially you know coming off the bye week here. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't able to get out to see the fireworks, but uh, I love love fireworks. So that's always a good time too. I was going to say you're a fireworks guy, or do you like creating fireworks on the on the offensive line when you're run blocking? Oh, I, absolutely. We we create fireworks every single week. So, <laughs> just go back to uh, your last game in Calgary and just talk about uh, the situation that Logan Furlan got thrown into, moving from guard to tackle, and just talk about his performance that game. Oh yeah, I mean Logan Furlan, he's an absolute dog. You know, go from right guard all the way to left tackle. Got to switch your technique, switch your hips. So it's crazy out there, you know. He's he's a high calorie human. He's able to get the job done, and <laughs> he's he's strong and talented. He he took it on with uh, no problems whatsoever. So what was the quota for that super lap? <laughs> for the descriptions are for adjectives for uh, for for Verlin there. Oh, what's that? Sorry, I was gonna say how many adjectives you had to fit there for Verlin there. Oh man, as <laughs> as many as we can, you know. We're we're boys. We get along really well. So uh, it's it's always nice to give each other props when they're well deserved. What's it like been this year for yourself playing left guard? Look at your left, and there's been a lot of bodies moving, you know, through left tackle here through the early part of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it happens every year. You get uh, new guys out there. Um, it's it's one of those things where I say all the time, you know, the more consistency you get, the more playing beside the same guys you can get, the better off it is. But you know, the the fact of the business is, you know, guys get nicked up or hurt or move on or whatever. So. We, we just have to be able to you know plug and play and uh, be able to get the job done regardless. You and Furland switched to uh, guard positions this year. Uh, just any reasoning why? And do you like playing left as opposed to right? Uh, it, it doesn't matter to me. You know, both Furland and I are, are talented enough that we're able to play per, pretty much everywhere on the offensive line. So uh, when you know going into training camp, uh, coaches decided that uh, you know maybe switching up the sides would be beneficial for us. So um, that's kind of a top-down decision. But like I said, it's 
doesn't doesn't bother us either way as long as we're out here playing and having fun and being able to uh you know move some defensive linemen around that's that's good all good for us you feel as a group the chemistry is starting to develop yeah i mean one of the things that we talk about uh, as the team and also as an offensive line is uh the culture and the character of the team so we've been able to kind of identify that and uh, develop that as the weeks have kind of gone on here early in the season so we're we're really gelling we're really getting along well together and uh you know we're we're putting in the extra work we're doing film studies after practice we're coming in early we're making sure we're all on the same page when we're looking at defensive fronts and uh figuring out the plays and just get your thoughts about now the next two games are opponents you've already faced this season what's it like you know facing two opponents this quick this early in the season yeah it's, it's a little bit odd uh not not gonna lie about that but um it's it is good being able to you know watch film of yourself going up against the same guys um you get a little bit of a familiarity with you know the move sets and kind of what they bring to the table so um it's it makes watching film you know a little bit easier just being able to see how you personally stack up and uh, your teammates but um you know similar game plans week to week uh going against the same guys so it uh, makes the mental load a little bit easier and i mean <laughs> it all comes down to the game day being physical so that doesn't change at all. All right. Thanks a lot, Evan. Awesome. Thank you. All right. That is Evan Johnson, who is a cousin of Aiden Svidal, who is no longer anonymous. He sends us a text. And keep those texts coming. 936-6262. Brought to you by the Capital Auto Group on this holiday Monday. That's right. This is a live show. This is a live show, baby. Not fake. Not made up. Not uh, from March. This is a show we came in live for you today. In fact, we got this text. I thought this is real good. I love this. This is why I get into... This is why we come in today, Zinger. It's 423 today. That's proof. Yeah. Murray Welwyn says, don't yeah. underestimate how important you guys are to people in the ag industry. All the guys putting up hay or uh, applying fungicide. Is it fungicide? Yeah, fungicide. That sounds about right. It's not fungicide. It's fungicide, right? Fungicide? I don't know, whatever. I'm just an urbanite. They all listen. Whether you're haying or fungiciding or fungiciding, keep the text coming. 936-6262. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. We'll pop up, looped, Chapman racing out, racing, racing, diving. He can't get it. Duran's heading for second. Here's the throw. It gets through. He's going to hold at second base wisely because it was backed up by Guerrero. So that winds up a double. That one driven to right field. That's going to keep on flying, and that's going to be off the wall. Springer collects it, but into second base quickly. Another double for Duran. Rattle up the middle. Base hit. Double. That's into the alley. Yeah, he wants another one. Kermeyer firing and not going to get him. And it's a three-double day for Jaron Duran. There's a drive out to left. Barsho back all the way to the wall. And that ball on the top of the wall. Into second base. He will stop right there. The home plate umpire coming down the line. And he's got himself another two-base hit and ties the record. Little roller here. Off the mound, and no throw, and he's got himself another hit. Not a double this time, but on a little check swing, it turned into basically a bunt single. He is 5 for 5. Well, that's a career day for Jaron. 
Audio courtesy of Nesson, the Boston Red Sox Television Network, and Jaron Duran, five for five, four doubles. He added in a single there at the end as the Boston Red Sox sweep away the Toronto Blue Jays over the weekend. And Jaron Duran, big part of yesterday's win. And he is your sports cage clutch performer for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call at 781 1077. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. Speaking of baseball from the weekend, Zinger, Jays got smoked by the Red Sox three straight. Oh, yeah, they did. Embarrassing. Yeah, it was embarrassing. They were bad on that road. They, they were bad in that home stretch, weren't they? They, they, uh, they beat the... How did that work? They, they beat, won two out of three versus the Giants. And two out of three versus... But then they got swept. Two out of three versus the Athletics, yeah. and then got swept. So yeah. they had a losing homestand. Um, hey, by the way, so the uh, San Diego's called America's finest city, and I happened to cheer for both of the teams that come from San Diego. Like, I cheered for the Padres because of Tony Gwynn. And then I cheered for the Chargers because of Dan Fouts. He used to throw the ball around. First NFL game I watched, I've told us before, the 1981 playoff game, Miami and San Diego. And Fouts threw the ball around Eric Coriel like a CFL team. So like, I'm going to cheer for this team. But further proof that um, San Diego can't have anything nice. Do you remember in 2010, the San Diego Chargers missed the playoffs when they were first... In offense, with 395.6 yards a game. And first in defense, when they allowed 271.6 yards a game. They had a plus 119 point differential, and they missed the playoffs. Okay, Fast forward to 2023, where the San Diego Padres enter the season with the third best payroll, highest payroll. They have the third best runs, 13.15 war. Um, they have a 3.82 ERA for their pitcher, second best in the National League. And their defense, 990 fielding percentage, which is the best in Major League Baseball. And they have a plus 19 run differential, and they're eight games below 500. They're, you know you Jays fans are pissed off because your team can never hit with runners in scoring position? The San Diego Padres are the worst team with men in scoring position. A team that features Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto. Juan Soto, Xander Bogarts having their worst seasons ever, and Manny Machado not far off. By the sounds of it, it sounds like their pitching sucks. Dude, they have the third. Be- they've got the third best ERA in the na- second best in the National no, League. That was a part of it. Okay, how do I they? Mi- say- no, I missed they- that part. You know what sucks? They can't get anybody home. Yeah, they score. They score in the. How does that work? They score up till about the fifth inning, and then blow all the games in the end. So mm-hmm. partly their bullpen. Oh, it's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Very, very frustrating. And speaking of baseball, Connor Bedard threw out the first pitch at the Cubs game on the weekend yeah. and did a great job. He got at the home plate. He did. He yeah. didn't throw it off a mascot, throw it in the stands or nothing. You could you could tell he's not a baseball player by the no. way he threw it. But he he even admitted that he was on one of the TV stations after he was getting interviewed, and yeah. the lady was like, "So do you have a history in baseball?" And Bedard was like, "Well, if you watched my." 
opening pitch, you would know that I have no experience in baseball. It's neat that because it was like a shot put, and it was like mm. it was nice. Neat that every other team that was a pro, like whether it was the WNBA or Demar Derozan with the Bulls or one of the dudes from the Bears, yeah, all welcome nice to Chicago. Yeah, it's great, man. It's yeah. great. Isn't that like the life? Huh? You get drafted by this team, and then every single sports team in Chicago just rallies behind you. Imagine getting invited to go throw the first pitch at Wrigley, the White Sox. You know. I hope, I hope I hope it's probably such a whirlwind. And let's be honest, kid, seventeen, about to be eighteen. I hope at some point he can just sit and just take this all in for a minute. Like this mm. is unbelievable. Yeah, like he is a one percenter. Crazy. Do you know absolutely crazy? The, the Montreal Canadiens home opener this year is a Saturday night versus against the, the Blackhawks. Black like, oh, that's you, minty. You, you know that the the NHL was scheduled. But Art's going to get a hat trick that night. He always rises to the occasion. That is going to be something. I want to go to that game. Should I go to that game? Sure, you should. Hey, by the way, by the way, you didn't go to the 2013 Grey Cup. Oh, here we go. I opened it up again. You didn't go to the 2013 Grey no, Cup. No, I didn't. Uh, can you hand over your Ryder fandom card there? Yeah, hand it over. Get into your wallet there and hand it over. There yeah, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I'll there take you that. You can. Where do I? Where do I go now? Who am I supposed to cheer for? Am I on the market? Well, do, we a, have, do we have to do a poll? My next CFL team is that the next poll on the, at Sports Cage on Twitter. I what guess does so. Zinger, here's the question for you at nine three six sixty two sixty two. What does Zinger have to do to get back his Rider Nation fan card? That's a better <laughs> question. He doesn't want to cheer for any other team. He wants to cheer for the Riders, but he picked a girlfriend that didn't even end up being his wife, like Liddy. And he ends up going to Toronto to chase love or sex or whatever. <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> he ends up going, Here we are, holiday he en- Monday. He ends up going to do that and not watch the Rough Riders win. Talk about screwing Rider Nation. <laughs> the Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province but around Canada. This is the Sportsgate CFL Report. A look at what's happening in our three-down game. All right, it appears as though the Edmonton Elks have made a decision to go back to Taylor Cornelius as the club's starting quarterback. Thursday, they roll into town here. The 27-year-old started the team's first three games, including the first one of the year against the Riders. He completed 61.5% of his passes for 440 yards and two touchdowns, two INTs. He was benched in the club's... Week three loss to the Argonauts in uh, the early part of the third quarter, despite going 14 of 18 for 130 yards and a touchdown. He was replaced by Jared Deggy that game, and then uh, Deggy started against Ottawa and played the entire game this past week in a 26 to 7 loss in Ottawa. He completed 19 of 33 of his passes for 223 yards, one touchdown, and three interceptions. So, uh, by the way, that helped Ottawa win their first game of the season and snapped a 13-game home-losing skid dated back to 2021. Our CFL report is brought to you by our friends at Kevin's Marine and Fort Capel. Make the most of summer with a boat or pontoon from Kevin's Marine. Check them out right in Fort Capel or online at kevinsmarine.com. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Got a great text here, 936-6262 from Paul Ostring. 
And Paul says, Zinger, listening to the show from my 38 degrees Celsius attic, redoing the electrical. Very hot listening to the coldest radio station or radio show. Keep up the great work, Paul. I think he meant coolest. Hmm. But hey. Maybe coldest because we're we're cold-blooded. We're so cool we're cold, right? So we're cold-blooded, baby. Thanks to him for listening. And we also got this text from a 204 number. It's Mel. What do you think of Boyko signing with Edmonton? That Chris Jones sure has a good eye for talented O-lineman, LOL. Well, I mean, um, he's a professional, both Jones and Boyko. I know Brett Boyko. think he's a pretty good guy. Um... And he has struggled as a uh, let's, let's as, as an offensive lineman. He's he's not no. spectacular, but is he any worse than Josiah St. John? No, no. Well, I was just going to say, let's be honest. Uh, he's Boyko has bounced around quite a bit. I mean, ever since his stint in the NFL, he was with the Eagles and Chargers. We're talking San Diego Fleet, that old AAF team. We're talking yeah. BC Lions. Riders, uh, Orlando Guardians. I think was the other yeah. team, and then. Now back in Edmonton, like that's a lot of moving around, for sure. Hey, let me ask you uh, this question: How much do you think Edmonton's? Like we're watching Cody run around. And, okay, so you had Cody last year here, and you had our O line here with Steven Sorrells as our offensive line coach. So Cody Fajardo goes to Winnipeg. Now Ottawa's got a decent defense. Okay. So he played well against a pretty good Ottawa defense, but it's not the Winnipeg defense, although Winnipeg's pass game. And that's the other indicting thing, is Winnipeg's secondary has not been good this year to this point. So Cody goes there. He threw a couple nice long balls, but he got smoked and fumbled. <laughs> and he threw two interceptions. One was a muffin throw over the middle. And he got sacked. He's been sacked now 14 times in three games. So obviously the uh, offensive line woes last year Weren't just the offensive line had a lot to do with the quarterback, maybe run protection, some of the receiver problems, okay? How much do you think the O line problems in Saskatchewan were Steven Sorrell's fault? Because they are they are bloody awful in Edmonton. Like that they are. that looked like a decent offensive line. Boyko is replacing Foucault, who I don't think is hurt. He's just starting. They pluck, plucked him off the street. He's starting. How much of that is Steven Sorrell's I would, fault? I would say the majority. Uh, me personally, whenever you have a quarterback that's a one read quarterback, you're bound to have offensive line problems because yep. as soon as yep. your first read is not there, what do you do? You, you, you're a chicken with your head cut off. You just start yep. running around. So I would I would say the majority of it. Uh, let's go like fifty fifty. I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the quarterback. To be honest with you, yeah. Uh, if I were to get the ball out, nowhere, where thing, no, yeah, nowhere it, the ball's got to go. I'd say it's more so for Jardo. I'm not gonna sit here and say you know because I don't know he he might be part of the problem, but I do know one thing. Whenever you have a quarterback that can't read a defense, mm. he's gonna be getting sacked a lot. I mean, everybody so, holds everybody holds a piece of it from last year, and I think. Uh, Maybe the shine's a little bit off of Steven Sorrell's rock a bit, but um, I'm not going to say that what's going on. And like jo- Josiah St. John is not a CFL offensive lineman. He shouldn't be in the league anymore, in my opinion. No, he shouldn't be. He like he, he's been he beaten never, like a turnstile. He has never stuck with a team and had like success. So I don't understand. But is that a commentary on on the lack of talent in the on no, offensive I think, lines? I, I think it's because of where he played his college football at, and that, because Chris Jones took him first overall. And that's the only reason. And I think Chris Jones has an issue with being a little bit too loyal to some guys. Yeah, he looks at the college. like that offense. That no, but I'm even talking coaches. That offensive. That coach. That. Offense is terrible. It looks awful. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Well, it's, it's the worst in the league by far. I ca- I couldn't even get 
through that game. Having said having said that, though, I'm not saying this is a free space in the bingo card. Kevin Brown's a good player. Dylan Mitchell's a good player. Kyron Moore can still bring it a little bit. And I know Cornelius uh, is probably going to be a oh, bit paved he, off. He's going to be better. So he's going to be. Yeah, he's going to be. See, better. I never really thought of that aspect of it because he did take yeah. the starter reps yeah. or has been this week. Yeah. And that's one, like, in my mind, I'm still thinking Daggy's the quarterback. No, it's going to no, be a tight game, man. Cornelius. It's going to be a tight game. This will be within no, a touchdown. I don't know how I feel about the game now. It's going to be within a touchdown. Like, I could see, like, a four or five-point game. Hey, we barely beat them 17-13 in week one. We needed a heroic goal line stand to win it. So let's not just walk in here and think we're going to be all cocky and blow them and it's, out. It's like, it's like Cornelius wasn't even playing bad when he got pulled. He was 14 of 18. So like, 130 yards. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, coming up here in 15 minutes... We we got the Argos kicking off against the BC Lions. We'll keep you updated because, yes, indeed, it is 445 on a holiday Monday. This is a live show. Uh, so the Rough Riders, um, their injury report, I was just looking that up here, Zinger. I don't know if you have it in front of you right yeah, now. Yeah, I do. Okay, so read off the read off the injuries. The two I want to point out, Godber, the center, did not practice because of a hand injury and illness for um, Colin Kelly, the uh, right tackle. So that could be an issue for the Riders in the O-line, although we are still early in the week. And we'll get the coach tickets at after 5 o'clock. Yeah, well, these are the guys that did not practice. Matt Dean, Anthony Lanier, the second, uh, Gerald Hawkins, Jake Wienicke, Roland Milligan Jr., Rodney Clemens, uh, Peter Godber, uh, who else we got? Uh, TJ uh, Brunson, uh, Jorgen Hoos, uh, Colin, Colin Kelly. Kelly, and then the full participants were uh, Amari Henderson, Trevor Harris, and then uh, Jeremy Clark was a full participant. And the one that's kind of, you know, I don't think we talked much about, but Pete Robertson, non-injury related. Well, those, was, uh, with him and Hen- with him and Henderson, they were late getting here with their flights. Yeah, that's why they weren't. Uh, that's why they so were. That's the injury, injury report. report. Not not the best uh, injury report uh, coming off a of bye week, in my humble opinion. The Dalkey's moving around well, though, so that's, that's good. good point, I yep. think Winicky's going to be out for a while. He could barely walk to the car. Uh, when I saw him, and I, he was hobbled with a leg injury. Unfortunately, that has been a bit of a letdown. I don't think it's really been talked about much, but Jake Wenicke coming into the year, I feel like he was supposed to have a... like He dropped that picture-perfect ball Harris laid right in the bread yeah. basket. He hasn't been making too many plays this year, which is very unfortunate, and now he's hurt. It's a bummer, man. Well, I'll say him and... Um him and um, am I wrong? Like Drell, he, he's uh, been a Walker. ghost. Yeah, well, he's made a couple of plays, but yeah, he's got to catch some other. Yeah, if you're a high paid receiver like that, one of the it's riders. Been a ghost. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, not gonna lie. But thankfully, Sean Bain Jr.'s picked up his game. Yes, like him, Amelis, like Tevin the, Jones. Yep. So, so we're seeing some depth there. All right, uh, before we go to break, let's hear from a guy who was uh, on the uh, offensive line the last game because they started Hawkins. And Kelly at tackles Brandon Council was bounced from the starting lineup, but it looks like he'll be pressed into action this Thursday against Edmonton. All right, I'm joined Brandon Council. And Brandon, to start off with, uh, how was the bye week for you? Man, the bye week was amazing. Real uh, well rested. Went and watched Indiana Jones. Just kidding, and he came out yet. I just had to say that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, got it out of the way. Now we're good. That's all right, but. Uh, with the fact that you guys get three buys, you like the fact you get you know a buy like kind of after four three weeks, you know you get like uh, get a little games and then you get a little rest after that. I mean, yeah, it's pretty nice. I mean, it's new to me so far, so it's different. 
Uh, but I enjoy you getting to rest your body, stay healthy, fix what you need to fix and corrections and just come back for the next game. As a probably a situation you're probably only used to like one by a season. Yeah, one by a season. That's all we get. And like after the sixth game. <laughs> um, and tomorrow's uh, July 4th. Is, was that a big day for you growing up? Did you celebrate it all growing up? I mean, yeah, I celebrate it. Absolutely. Uh, a big family thing, a lot of family traditions, go to the beach or something or have cookouts and stuff. Uh, but, you know, family knows what I'm doing out here, you know, trying to better myself, uh, create a life so they understand. Uh, just, <laughs> I already said it. But I just want to hear the rest of you. Um, so how was, how was it getting back to the swing of things uh, for first day back here on Sunday? Uh, it's like I never left, honestly. I didn't even go home, so... I've been here working out, and it just feels normal. Normal day in the office. Uh, what's it like been for yourself? The situation's kind of been back and forth between the roster. Last week you're on the press roster, possibility be back on the roster this week. What's it like been going back and forth? Uh, I mean, I know how it's a professional business, and the situation that happened, you hate it, man. It's a great guy, great character. Uh, you never want to see nobody get hurt or anything like that. I mean, he's our brother. We love him. We're going to be there for him. But, you know, pro football, they say the next man up, just got to be ready. You know, when your name's called, you just got to be ready. Uh, before a situation when you got replaced, did you feel like it was a situation you were playing at the level you could have been playing? It's just a situation you got bumped up with Hawkins coming back. Uh, It could have been either way, you know. Like I said, I just come out here, do what I'm told, play to the best of my ability, and what they decide is what they decide, you know. Uh, do you like the fact that you're playing, possibly playing an opponent again that you faced already this week in Edmonton? Oh, uh, yeah, that's fine with me. You treat it just like any other opponent. Watch film, get ready for them, go out there and perform. And is it beneficial off a of bye week, you know, playing at home in a situation you guys don't have to worry about travel? It's a situation you got a normal week heading towards uh, this game on Thursday against the Edmonton. Uh, I think it will be beneficial. we got the crowd. You know, everybody's going to come out and support, and that's going to be huge, the fans being here, making noise, and we're just going to come out here, attack the day, and get the win. Just want to get your thoughts from your perspective of how the O-line played against Calgary last or two weeks ago, I guess, after the bye week. Uh, I thought they played great. I mean, like I said, I think they were doing good, holding up well. The, the injury sucked. Back. Furlan stepped up, did an amazing job when we needed him to, and that's all you can ask for. Can you just talk about, I guess, can you talk about the transition that Furlan had to make, you know, moving from guard to tackle in-game like that, how tough that is? Man, i tell you what, I did it before, and it's tough. It's tough. I and mean, he definitely showed his versatility and how he is for the team, man. Such a team player, and we needed that. Love him for that, and he played amazing. Played his, mm. played his heart off. <laughs> All right, Brandon. Thanks a lot, and yeah. good luck. Thank you. <laughs> okay, I gotta. We gotta. I gotta do some here. So I, I let. I let this guy, uh, uh, Blaine Wyland, who's about ten years younger than me. I let him go. He's new on the beat. He was there last year, but I'm sensing these dudes are picking up on something here. They're trying to. They're every time. Council does an interview, or any well, not Evan Johnson was good, but are you sensing that they're picking on him? That's they're, what I think they're. they're uh, I think they're teasing our boy. They're sensing like a personality, like a little instability there, and I don't mean that rudely. Like they're sensing that that uh, Blaine Wyland could be a bit of a pushover, like very polite. Mm-hmm. So they're jerking him around. I got to address that. I think so. I got to address that. Ballsy's bringing the hammers in here. Like this is crazy. You can't mess with my man. No more of that. Please. No more of that. You're you're jerking around our interview council. You know, if you want to be a leader, Ballsy, like I know you I are. I gotta step up. Come on. I'm gonna step up. Me and council in the dressing room. Never mind Zuckerberg and Mu- Elon Musk. Ballsy first. Oh, I'll take down. You don't. You don't get on my man. <laughs> We're going to have a council meeting. Oh, live. 
Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the sports cage. Dale from Red Deer sends a text, and he's always into special teams, Dale. Can you ask the coach if he's talked about having special K, Korzak, do the kickoffs? Because it seems like they're not quite deep enough. Opposition getting a good field position. I think he addressed that before. Yeah, he he, said, he's, not, he's not a kickoff no, guy. No, not a kickoff guy, so that won't be happening. Uh, Andrew in Saskatoon wants to know any word on the Hawkins injury severity. Love the show. Yeah, we'll ask Coach that too when he comes on at the 505. Yes, we are live, so you can text us, 936-6262. We'll get the uh, text off to the coach, brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. All our guests, like Coach Dickinson, come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast, Western Pizza, wherever you're listening, however you're listening. Thanks for making us part of your day. John Gibson says, that's it. I'm not going to be a goalie for the Anaheim Ducks. I'll never play another game for this crappy he franchise. A, he pulled a Patrick wall. Yeah. Max Domi assigned with the Leafs. Ryan Reeves assigned with the Leafs. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi. Tyler Bertuzzi assigned with the Leafs. Kyle Burrows, you mentioned, signed with the Sharks. Yeah. Three years, $3 million. And our buddy Sam Steele gets an 800 and some thousand dollar deal with the Dallas Stars. The team that eliminated him in the playoffs. Hey, he doesn't care. He don't care. Where's the dollar bill hey, at? His checks are going to go a lot further. He was with Minnesota, right? So yeah, I'm pretty che- sure Dallas yeah, eliminated yeah, his, him. His, check, his checks will be going a lot farther there because they don't have the, um, the state tax. So mm. his checks will be going a lot farther and a lot of teams are doing that. Um, Fred Van Vliet over the weekend went to the Houston Rockets. Yeah. Um, Chris Dame, Middleton re-signed yeah. with the Bucks. Dame, Dame uh, Lillard is going to be uh, on the trade block. Apparently he's okay with it and Portland's okay with it. Wants to go to the Heat. Some talk he could go to San Antonio. I don't know. He wants out of Portland. Oh, well, that's, sad. that's the only thing Portland has. They have their one perfect. Well, I guess they got a major league soccer team, but that like that's their biggest star in that city. Yeah. Is Dame outside of Dame? They got nobody. Yeah, I always Not thought. Fan base. I always thought if the CFL was going to go to the NFL, like to America, Portland, Portland would have been like if they were ever to try it again. And I'm not saying they're going to. Portland would be good because you have no chance of having an NFL team there. Um, Grand Forks or Fargo because it's like a twenty thousand seat stadium, um, and 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 there would be a good one. What else would be a borderline city like? Um, I don't know, like uh, Hartford, Connecticut, or something, something like you know, t- t- like along the border, maybe Montana, something in Montana. You know, with a with the cross rivals Alberta. There's, there's a big chunk in America that that does not have professional sports, like in Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, yeah. that that area there. Like that may that may be into it. And t- and I'll tell you what, like Boise, Idaho. Those like te- if you could, if you had a smart business plan and actually somebody that could pitch it, that's a big key. They love their sports, man. Like mm-hmm. they, lo- you don't, un- you don't even under. Well, you do because you've been down, but you don't even understand how much they love their sports. Like it's ridiculous. Oh yeah. Like I they, mean, they that- treat their girls' softball more importantly than we treat our youth sports football up here. Like it's not, it's night and day. That's why I always have the argument about the 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 ratio. You need a ratio because these kids. Well, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you straight up. My son was watching practice with me yesterday. He said, Dad, grant that I'll be, if I ever made this league, grant that I'm playing against men and it's professional and I'm not saying it's going to be a cakewalk. He said, but our practice is way, 
way more intense than this. Mm-hmm. Like, way more intense. We are not stretching without pads. We are not stretching without helmets. On a run play, we all have to tag off on the runner, and if we don't, when when Brett Lothar was kicking field goals, he goes, we don't have 12 guys standing around in the end zone. We're doing, we're doing a bunch of different stuff all the time. I think that's like the professional vibe, though. I think what, but I think what's hurt this league is twelve padded practices a year. That how do you practice being an O lineman or a D lineman when you can't hit? Well, you can't practice. You can't practice it. And then the other thing that sucks is this coach's cap. This coach's cap is ridiculous. We talk about the product, and you know what? If you don't have some of the brighter minds here helping develop these players then what do you expect man you got to invest in the product what can you do i mean there's i could list like 10 20 things that make me scratch my head well maybe some of the i don't don't know where to start yeah i know anyway we're going to take a break on the other side we're going to hear from coach craig dickinson for mcdougall auctioneers here on the sports cage on 620 ckrm lives here welcome to another hour of the sports cage with your host michael ball this is the Craig Dickinson Show, our weekly chat with the writer's bench boss about the latest news from the locker room. It's the only place where Dickie takes questions from Rider Nation. For McDougal Auctioneers, we appreciate them for getting on board. And on this holiday Monday, we welcome in Coach Craig Dickinson. Hi, Coach. How's it going? Going good, Michael. How are you? Doing great, bud. Um, tell you what, man. Um have you knocked the rust off yet? You ready to go for Thursday? Well, we're getting there. You know, today <laughs> was a good day also. But uh, we need we need a good sharp day three tomorrow, and uh, and then we need a good day four, too. We'll take take uh, every day we can get. I, I think it takes seven days to get ready for a game, and we're going to use all seven of them. Coach, uh, it hasn't been easy at the start of the year in terms of injuries. Everybody goes through it. Football is a is it's a war of attrition. There's no doubt about it. Although your depth being tested early, saw the injury report out here. If we can go through this first, that'd be great. Um, looks like Dalkey's running around, looking pretty good there. You anticipate he'll be back? Yep. Yeah, he's had two good days of practice. Hopefully, one more and he should be good to go. Okay, Coach. Uh, one fan texted in want Andrew in Saskatoon wanted to know about the severity of Gerald Hawkins' injury. Do you know when we talked last week, you thought maybe it was a quad. You didn't know any update there? Yeah, it's a, it's it's serious. I mean, he's probably he's looking at uh, some surgical options. He tore it pretty good, so okay. he's going to be out for for quite a while. Okay, how about Winicky with uh, with uh, what's listed as a knee injury? Yeah, that's the one we don't know a lot about. We're still trying to figure out. Um, we got some stuff with the doctors. We got to visit with them tomorrow. He feels pretty good. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a little bit going on in there. I, like I said, I don't know if he plays this week. It might be a, a one to two week injury. He might, he might be a little longer, so mm-hmm. we'll see. But we still got to find some more information out on that. Okay, coach. And yeah, I know you can only give us what you can give us, and I appreciate it. But you got Godber and Kelly listed now. Kelly's an illness. One of three guys with an illness. Is there something like? Are you having a little bit of a flu go through your room? Yeah, we might be having a little bit of a flu run through the building a little bit. You know, Godber was sick last week and was able to play, uh, and then this week a couple of guys got it. Who's uh, Kelly, and then uh, and then TJ, one of our linebackers. So. I think there's a little flu bug going through the locker room, and so we're trying our best to get these guys out of here if they come in 
feeling, you know, not not themselves and a little bit under the weather. So mm. hopefully we get them back tomorrow. So uh, as it relates to Godbury, you list them as a as a hand. Do you think that'll be closer to like a game time decision, or what do you think there? Yeah, we're not sure on him. Uh, we're going to see how he does tonight, and if he can if he can function tomorrow, we'll, we'll practice him. But right now, we're not sure. Okay, coach, what have you seen from Logan Bandy? I thought it looked like he had a pretty good off season. He when he had to step in there under fire in Calgary, did a pretty good job from what I could see. Yeah, yeah, he's you know this is third year now, so he's got he's got some experience. Played quite a bit last year for us. Uh, he got a little bigger this off season, a little stronger, so. You know, we expect him to do well if he's called the action. You know, if he's called in to play this week, Coach. You talk about that. So you got him in his third year, Emelis in his second year, Dalkey in his second year, and uh, you know, De Beer who's a little bit further down the line. When you're looking at uh, at guys like that, you know, what are your expectations of them? Like by year two, you got to do this. By year three, you got to, you know, you really got to get it. Yeah, I think I think when you draft a guy or when you sign a guy, you expect them. I guess it's a little different. You sign an American that's that's got NFL experience, you expect him to come in and play right away, or at least compete to play right away. With a Canadian kid that you draft, I think you your first year you expect him to come in, work hard, learn the system, compete, and uh, hopefully contribute a little bit on special teams and or give you depth. I think year two, you're asking them to, to make an impression. So year two, show us. Why we drafted you? Show us you have uh, the ability to possibly be a starter or be a heavy contributor on special teams. Then year three, uh, you better show us you're worth worth investing in because that's the last year of your rookie contract, and it's time to show us you're worth bringing back for year four. Yeah, uh, Coach Craig Dickinson joining us here for McDougal Auctioneers. Um, we uh, talked about this last time. Uh, looked like your kicker. I was there yesterday at practice. wasn't there today. Looked like your kicker was on point yesterday. How's that been going here this week in practice? Yeah, with the, he's had a better week of practice. He knows he's got to be a little bit better. Uh, we slowed him down just a touch. We felt like he was rushing, um, but he's got to. You know, it's not. It's not an easy thing. You know, he's got to get the ball off in about 1.35 seconds, and he's got to be able to hit it down the pipe, and he doesn't get a lot of time to look at it on the tee. So. But Brett's kicked a lot of kicks. He's still getting used to his holder. I think I think he's going to be just fine. He just needs a little more work. There's a lot of trust involved in that threesome, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, the kicker's got to trust that the ball's going to be on the tee when he arrives at the tee to kick it, and he needs those other two guys to do their job and do it well, and and um, I think we, we've got a good operations group. I think our snapper's one of the best in the league, and I think Adam Corsack, our holder, is outstanding as well. So Co- they just need a few more reps together. That's yeah. all. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about this. Adam Korzak is coming here. He, man, he kicked the stuffing out of that ball in uh, Calgary. He kicks those end-over-end kicks, uh, which those Aussie guys like to do. Uh, what is the benefit of having an end-over-end punt like that? Because as a guy who, not at the pro level, return kicks, I'd much rather have the end-over-end punt. It's easier to catch as a punt returner. So that's kind of maybe a, a negative. What's the positive side of having that? Yeah, I would agree it's easier to catch. It's just that's that's just the way they hit it, and it allows them to hit it, uh, hit the ball a little bit on the run. You don't have to be as precise, Michael, to hit that end over end kick as you do a spiral, and so it gives them. I think it gives them a little more control in mm-hmm. terms of where they kick it, and a little more control in terms of distance. So you'll see those end over end kicks on on going in punts because it's harder to hit the end over end kick 
you know, 50 yards. Usually it goes around 45 yards with, you know, mm-hmm. about 4.2 hang time. So it, you just have a little more control uh, hitting that end-over-end kick. And I think these guys, these Australians that are in the league, they've got a lot of practice kicking that ball. So that's I think that's the kick they're most comfortable with. So, Coach, I think uh... – I think Vedvik told me this. Maybe I maybe I don't remember correctly. So if you had a forty-five yard punt, do you want the hang time to be around four point five seconds, like something like that, or four point three? Not not in our league because you'll just have everybody getting no yards penalties. You want, <laughs> in my opinion, now in the NFL you do because you'll force a lot of fair catches, um, and that's why our our good friend Johnny Ryan. You remember the year he's with the Seahawks? I think they only allowed something like you know, something unbelievable, like 40 yards of, of return all year. Yeah. Because he was hitting the ball straight up in the air with that end-over-end kick. And by the time the the ball came down, his cover team was down there forcing the fair catch. But in, in our league, with the no-yards penalty, I think in your hang time, you wanted a little less. So if you kick a 45-yarder, I think anything in – around 4 to 4.1 or 4.2 is going to be just fine. Generally, you probably don't want your kicker to boom it into the end zone, but I thought it was a very uh, fortuitous thing for him to rifle that 90-yarder through the back of the end zone, given that your place kicker had missed an extra point. It got it back to a 13-10 more manageable, at least in terms of philosophy, you know, counting points. Yeah. You never know when those points will come in handy, Michael, and so you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, you need every single one of them, you know, and we needed them too to get to overtime. So, but at the, end, at the same time, that field position is so key. I mean, if you get the ball at the forty, your chances of scoring are, are pretty good too. So, mm-hmm. we don't coach our guy to kick it through the end zone, but in that situation, you're right that um, that worked out for us. Coach, I want to ask you, do you spend more time on the – because you have a limited amount of time on special teams in practice. Do you spend more time with a weapon like Mario Alford coming up with different blocking formations for the return as opposed to, you know, maybe uh, game planning for going for a punt block, so to speak? Uh, It's about 50-50, to be honest with you. Coach Majiri, I think, does a really good job of coming up with a block or two each week that that is – um, designed to take advantage of what the opponent does in terms of their protection. And then we have some returns that we like to put in based on matchups where we try to match up certain guys on our team with certain guys from the other team and, and give Mario a chance. You know, he doesn't need a lot of space. So if you, we can just get him started. He's got a, he's a pretty good one. He, he can make something happen. They got a quick guy back there too. Uh, uh, Jones found that Sims guy. It looks like he's got some pop to him. Yeah, he's got some juice. He's quick. That's one thing we're going to emphasize tomorrow. We're going to watch him a little bit and just try to study him and see see what he does well and see if our guys can't rise to the challenge. He'll be a big, he'll be a challenge for us in the game. He's a good football player for Co- sure. Coach, you talked about when you made some coaching changes on the offensive side in the offseason. You said you wanted to bring a little bit of uh, youth and a different approach or different uh, maybe uh, mentality to that coaching room. What have Drew Tate and uh, Naaman Roosevelt brought? Well, they brought brought good energy. That's for sure and. And, you know, a lot of street cred because they both played in the league and played in the league for a long time. So I think they've done an outstanding job. You know, Drew uh, brings the quarterback's perspective to the receiver's room so he can talk to the receivers like a quarterback would in terms of this is what the quarterback sees, this is what we need to see from you so the quarterback um, notices you and can put the ball where where you can catch it. And then you got a guy like Naaman who played the position for a long time and understands technique so he can give the 
give the new receivers the technique and some of the things from a receiver point of view that they need as well. So I, I think those two have done an outstanding job and, and they've really helped that room. Coach, I wanted to ask you that. I saw you throwing the ball around yesterday at practice with the linebackers a bit, and uh, you're running around out there. Uh, how much? How important? And I asked Kelly Jeffrey this because he, when I called him last week, he had just finished a workout with his son. He said he's keeping him in shape. I said, how much? How much street like? How much you got to look the part? Do you know what I mean? Like if you're telling guys, hey, this and that, you know, to at least look like you're active, look like you're physical, like a Drew Tate. <laughs> oh, I'm serious about that because if you have like yeah. a 400-pound guy that can't stand up, it's like, uh, I don't know, man. Well, I think it's important to walk the walk. So whatever that means. I mean, you're certainly not going to win any athletic contest with <laughs> these guys. These are pro athletes. But if you say, hey, it's important for you guys to work out, you know, on day one, as a coach, you need to go in there and work out a little bit with them. Um, if you say it's important to hustle from drill to, to drill, I think it's important as a coach that you're not walking around and and slow slow moving from drill. So I just think that's the main thing uh, in terms of leadership. It doesn't have to be even coaching football, but in terms of leadership, I think you have to lead by example and show the people that uh, you're trying to lead that you're willing to to do do what it takes to be great just like you asked them to do coach we're gonna take a break and i'm gonna ask you a couple of questions that i got from some fans about being the coach of the riders in canada day and all that type of things Uh, this is the sports cage and this is coach craig dickinson segment for mcdougall auctioneers on 620 ckrm we're talking sports on your way home this is the sports cage on sports radio 620 ckrm and our show, this portion of the show, the Craig Dickinson Show, brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience, McDougalAuction.com. Continuing our conversation with Coach Craig Dickinson. Uh, Coach got some texts from people, so I'm just going to uh, massage them here and get them in as best I can. With it being Canada Day weekend from Nancy, what do you like about Canada, Coach? Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot to like about Canada. One thing I, I like about Canada is um, I think Canadians have a real a real good sense of, of uh, what's important in life. I think there's a high priority and emphasis on quality of life and, and on, um, you know, on doing things maybe a little less fast-paced than the state. So I, I like the fact that Canadians have health insurance. I like the fact that there's a year mat leave for new mothers and fathers in this country, and I like that the environment and that uh, nature is important and that there's a lot of progressive-minded people that, that think it's important to take care of, of nature and to make sure that that our, uh, you know, that this country looks as, as good and as pristine as it did, uh, you know, 100 years ago, try to do the best they can to keep it that way now. So I just, I just like a lot of things about Canada. I know, I think the fishing's great up here too. <laughs> I, I love that as well. I love it, man. That's great. Uh, let me ask you about fishing for a second. Okay. Cause they brought this okay. up on three down nation. Should there be a Dickinson rule about fishing for like pass interference or fishing for like uh roughing the quarterback, like you and your brother were throwing the challenge flags. Just talk about that. When you threw that, just from your perspective, when you threw that challenge flag in the end zone for pass interference, did you kind of half heartedly know that it was going to, wasn't going to stand up or did you seriously think you had a chance to get that one? No, I, I knew it was a reach to challenge that. But but here's the thing, like 
I mean, we got enough rules in the CFL. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? Yeah. We have more rules than any league in, in, in the history of, of sports. So to make another rule to address uh, a challenge that's thrown late, uh, I got to say, I think it's I think it's a waste of time. And here's the other thing. Who determines what is an unnecessary challenge? That would be an interesting question. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think you guys were wrong. You guys didn't do any you guys you guys didn't you guys didn't do anything wrong. I didn't I didn't have any problem with it at all. When it's one of those things you only get one a game, so if you want to choose to challenge something silly early in the game and you lose it and you lose a timeout, well that's a you know, that's that's a shame on you for doing that. In that situation, both my brother and I had a challenge left. It was overtime. Uh, there's only two possessions in overtime. You don't get to take it with you into the next game. So at that point, you know, maybe something happened on the play that you didn't see that the TV picks up. So I don't necessarily agree with uh, Mr. McGuire's term of unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I think all challenges are deemed necessary. Uh, or else the coach probably wouldn't throw the flag. So no, it is what it is. It's just it's 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 a rule. I I think the best rule change that's ever been done in professional football in the last 15, 20 years, and it started in the CFL, but the NFL took credit for it, was moving that PAT back to thirty three yards. What a great that took a nothing play and made it something. Yeah, that really did, and, and it I put more value on your kicker than ever. So I agree with that. It made it it. It makes you think about going for two sometimes, especially when it's windy. So I, I think I think there's a lot of good rules that we have in the CFL. I just think there's so many of them, it's hard to keep track of them mm-hmm. at times. Uh, Coach, uh, one more, and then I have one to wrap up, uh, or two more here. So here we go. Uh, Coach, this is from Steve. What do you like about being the coach of Canada's team? Like, you know, and all that comes yeah, with it. Well, you know what? I like just the daily interactions. I really do. I whether you're coaching the Riders or coaching another team, I, I think coaching the Riders is, is especially fun because you can really impact young people in, in the community. I think that's the one thing. The daily interactions at the office are one thing, Michael, but when you go get some groceries or you fill up with gas to be able to visit with folks about the team because they recognize you and, they're, and they care about the team, I think that's – uh, one of the things that makes coaching the writers really special. Dave wants to know this: Who's the best Canadian you've ever coached? Oh boy, that's a that's a tough one because there's been a lot of good ones. Um, mm, coached a lot of good specialists over the years. You know, kickers and punters. Um, the best Canadian. There's been uh, there's been some awfully good ones that, that have played against us. That's a hard one to answer. I can't think of. Yeah, the can't top. think of. I think guess off the top of your head, I thought I thought that might be tough for a guy that's been in the league this long. Tough. Yeah, there's so many good. I think Ben Cahoon's one of the best I've ever coached. He was in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the Ed Billion was a heck of a Canadian football player. He played defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a tough one. There's been a lot of good ones. As a testament to the league. And lastly, Coach, I'll let you go here. The big Argo-BC uh, uh, game on. I'm sure you're going to want to watch it. BC's winning 7 nothing, 18-yard touchdown pass. Vernon Adams Jr. to Dominique Rimes. Uh, okay, so you guys had a great goal line stand, beat Edmonton 17-13. You, you've played these guys tight, and I don't need to remind you, you and I had a conversation after uh, the season ended, and that game when Edmonton came in here and really uh, put a death blow to your playoff hopes when Cornelius had one of his better games here late September I believe coach uh, that was that football day in Saskatchewan if I'm not mistaken so 
just your message to the team because you got a team backed into the corner coming in here, and you know they're going to be coming out full, ga- uh, you know, full bore. Do you like got to watch this isn't a trap game? Yeah, I haven't used the term trap game, but you're you're correct. I mean, Edmonton is a wounded animal right now, and they're going to come out fighting and snarling, and they're going to give us their very best. And we know that, and I think it looks like they're going to play Cornelius, and I think, um, you know, he's had some success in games, and he gives you some troubles in a, in a lot of different ways. So the message to the guys is is we need to play well at home because I think it's important good teams play well at home. That's just one of the characteristics of a good team. And the second thing is we need to just keep improving as a team, and that's that's been the message to the guys. Um, they know it's an important game. They know Edmonton's coming in here. Uh, really loaded for Bear, and they got to play well because their backs are against the wall. We feel like we've got a lot to play for as well, so um, we've really worked hard on motivating them for having a good week of practice and just doing everything they can preparation-wise to make sure that they're ready for this game. It's funny, hey, because you guys, when you took over this team as the coach, you were basically unbeatable here at Mosaic Stadium. And then that Marino thing happened with Masoli, and you haven't won here since. It's, it's got you got to flip the script here. Yeah, and we got such good fans here that they, they give us a real advantage. So it's important for us to play well at home. It's important to play well always, but you really got to try to do your best to play your best football when you're at home, and and that's the that's the goal this week. It's retro night, hey! Like so, uh, you'll be wearing the retro jerseys. Are you going to come out like in a John Gregory old sweater or something? Like, are you going to have I don't some? No, what I'm going to wear, but I, I've, I'm, I'm, I've got my mind. I'm, I'm thinking about a few options, so I'll, it'll be a surprise. <laughs> Okay. Coach, I don't care what you wear. As long as you're wearing a W at the end, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Baldy. Good good visiting yeah, with you. Talk to you later, man. That's Coach Craig Dickinson here. He's going to go watch some football, as you all want to watch. Still 7 nothing Zinger? You got 7 the TV nothing. In, You got the TV in front. Why does every other studio here in the building have TVs on every wall, and we don't have any TVs in here? I don't know, man. I'm watching it on the monitor here. Chad Kelly had a nice completion over the middle to yeah. uh, Gittins Jr., but I got called back on a penalty, and the next play Kelly incomplete pass so the Argos are punting or the Argos punted okay so, so BC has got the it? ball again okay. all right. seven nothing all right man we're gonna take a break and be back we're gonna have Peter Lubardius join us in the other side he's calling that brick hockey tournament in Edmonton you're listening to the sports cage on 620 CKRM I'm humble general manager and I'm excited to invite you to our friends and family events Save $7,500 on our brand new E53 AMG sedan. Plus, check out our all new EQ lineup. Come check out our Mercedes-Benz certified pre-owned inventory and explore a wide range of over 500 pre-owned vehicles. Drive it home today. The friends and family event is on now. And we're back with your sports ticker for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz, Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. The tr- yeah, the Toronto Argonauts, they're down to the BC Lions right now, 7 to nothing. And uh, Vernon Adams Jr., he's been rocked a few times here so far in this game. Uh, McManus, remember last week he absolutely popped Daggy? Well, he popped Crushed Vernon him. Adams. And uh, so this game is uh, off to a pretty good 
pretty good start so far as uh, Dinwiddie is shown calling some plays. The Argos have the ball right now, so the Argos trying to get back onto the scoreboard after you know going two and out mm-hmm. the last time out. And here we go. Let's do a play by play. Kayla, do you do it? All right, Kelly, play action pass. He's gonna get sacked. Not much uh, to call there. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, boring. Showcasing the boys of summer. Time for another edition of the Sports Cage Regina Red Sox Report on 620 CKRM. You know, one of the great things about this show is Zinger loves sports as much as me, and he's involved as much as me, if not more in some cases. He's the public address announcer for the Regina Red Sox. Um, We did our show last Friday from the Curry Field. Who won that game, by the way? Oh, that that game got uh, canceled, got because of that rain. Yeah, oh, the monsoon. Yeah. That's what I thought. We, okay, we uh, Regina was winning, I think, four to two yeah. in the fourth inning. So do they like pick that. it up from there, or do they start it all over again? I, I believe the plan is they are going to start it all over oh. again. Two seven inning games as a part, a double header on uh, Monday or uh, Sunday, or no, sorry. Uh, Sunday, July 23rd. So today is a day off and picture day for the Red Sox, yes. but they played this weekend, did they not, if I'm not mistaken? I thought they had yeah, some road they, games. Yeah, they uh, won both games in Medicine Hat. They nice. beat, uh, They swept the Mavericks, and then starting tomorrow, they're back at Curry Field. They play at Curry Field Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday before uh, they hit the road once again. Zing, so. zing's busy. So who's doing public address for you Thursday? Because you're my man in the booth here. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I believe it's his name is Elliot Wagner. Okay. Yeah. Not Ben Wagner, Elliot Wagner. Elliot. By the way, our, Sir Elliot. our Regina Red Sox report is a presentation of the Canadian Brew House where you can watch CFL football like tonight. You can watch Major League Baseball, the All-Star Games coming up. Four Jays were selected to the All-Star Game, not starters, but they were selected. And you can uh, get the greatest, uh, you get some great sports food there and beverages, uh, including a dollar off of tankards at the Canadian Brew House. That is our Regina Red Sox report. Let's talk hockey with NHL broadcaster Peter Labardius. Nobody knows the game at all levels like Peter. From the Regina Pats broadcast booth to being a leading voice on Calgary Flames Radio, this is Peter's Puck. Well, we have to get a new intro zinger. More work for us to do because this guy got lazy and he said, you know what, I don't want to do Flames hockey anymore. I'm just joking. He is not lazy. He's just taking his interest to other things. Joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline, get it hot, get it fast. Uh, at uh, Western Pizza, Peter Lubardius joins us from the Brick Hockey Tournament. This when when that when Al Murdoch, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks in house, says this guy knows all the levels of hockey. He definitely does. Welcome to the show, Pete. Uh, thank you kindly for having me, as always. So I got a lot of great messages, man, like Cassie Campbell and Ray Ferraro and Chris Pronger. Does that boost the old ego? Hey, man, it's you've touched a lot of people in your time in the NHL. Well, you know, I've been an incredibly lucky person to do what I've been doing for a long time. And, um, yeah, it was pretty overwhelming, to be honest. I didn't expect anywhere near that kind of reaction, the announcement I made the other day, which, as you know, has kind of been something I've been thinking about for the last couple of years. And um, it just, it was really time, Michael. Um you know, my life has been very spread out. Um, I've given up a lot of time with the people I love the most in order to do what I love to do. And it's certainly not something that I regret. But as I get older, 
I just find that, you know, some of those priorities are changing and I've had an incredible 39 years of doing it. I'll continue. I mean, in fact, I've called three hockey games today, so I'm not really going anywhere. It's just, it's just going to be a little different. Yeah, and let's get to that in a second. But I, could, I do got to ask you this. Answer it if you want. Don't answer it if you want. Okay, shut me right down. COVID yeah. hit. COVID hit. And the, the Calgary Flames radio changed just like our buddy Ben Wagner with the Blue Jays changed. Mm-hmm. And there was a mentality of we're not sending our radio crews on the road. They're going to call the game from the from the studio. First off, before I get to if that factored into your decision, how tough was it to do that? Well, I mean, it was really difficult, absolutely, and and probably more difficult, Michael, in the sense that, um, you know, I'm at a rink or a park or a sporting event probably, you know, 250 days a year. So I got into this business a long, long time ago because of my absolute love and passion for sports and there's nothing I enjoy more to this day than you know being at live sporting events which is how I live my life and and have chosen to and I've been that way really since I was little so you know could you do the job yes was it very different absolutely could you do it to the best of your ability no you can't you absolutely can't um and was it a factor it was a factor it wasn't the biggest factor necessarily, but it absolutely was a factor because, you know, to me, calling any sporting event off a tube or a TV or, you know, in a studio is not necessarily for me. Not that it's a bad thing. Not that I'm not capable of doing it. It's, it just takes so much away from why I enjoy doing it. And, you know, as you know, there are lots of different reasons for why people get into the business. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think that's changing, to be honest. I think it's in many ways more about stardom and and status. And and listen, we all want to do the best things i mean look at yourself all the time you've put in and you know your dream has come true in terms of growing up where you have and being the voice of the saskatchewan rock riders um but for me it it was never necessarily about status you know any kind of fame i just love sports And the older I've gotten, to be as honest as I can be, the more sports is about business and money, the less I like it. I like those comments. That is is so true, especially about how the business has changed in terms of stardom. And I think, to be quite candid, I, I, I've got a good setup here at Harvard Broadcasting, but what I find is just in sports in general and in, in sports broadcasting, they don't they don't value the storytelling anymore. They don't value you remember when we both got into this business, not to sound like old guys, but we're in our fifties. It was local, local, local always wins, and it seems like they're getting away from local, local, local uh, and uh 
that's sad. So I'm glad you're finding a path to get back to local. For instance, being at the Brick Hockey Tournament right now, and and think of all the good young hockey players that have come through oh. that tournament. Michael, that who's who and the alumni is like nine pages long. Yeah. And, you know, a guy in your city the last number of years who just got drafted number one, mm-hmm. Connor Bedard, did he play there? Um, it is incredible who's who. And I worked in Edmonton, you know, for three years on a full-time basis in the light in the late 90s and you know that's when I got my first introduction to the brick and it's 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 incredible to see the kids their smiles their faces and you know again not to make it about myself but I find with every passing year you talk about local I just find myself wanting to give more and more to sports and events that aren't necessarily in the spotlight because I think it's important. And, you know, I kind of put my actions where my mouth is. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of where you're going now, Pete? Um, You and I might have something here coming up here too, just trying to dot the I's and cross the T's and that's all I'll say. But do you, are you, are you like a freelance guy now? You're just going to do a little bit here and a little bit there. Like what's up with you? I think so. I, I don't necessarily have all the answers. Um, you know, I've really tried very hard the last couple of years to, you know, do probably a better job than at times I've done in my career, and that's, you know, really working and building relationships. And, you know, Michael, the one thing that has not changed for me is I just want the rest of my career to be involved in sports. And I have lots of interests. I have lots of interest in scouting. Um, you know, in fact, I think in many ways, um, I've kind of always been a bit of a hybrid. Even though I've been in the media my whole life, I've always felt in some ways more of, more of a hockey guy in many ways than a sports guy. But, you know, I've been doing hockey primarily forever than I was a media guy as silly as that may sound. And, um, you know, I, I've talked to lots of people and, and we'll see kind of what comes my way. But for right now, yeah, free agent, do lots of stuff for HN Live. I've got uh, a little bit of an announcement coming up tomorrow. Nothing massive, but something that I'm really, really interested in. And what I'm really interested in, too, uh, Michael, and I have no trouble talking about it on the air, is is coaching media and coaching young kids about media. Because I think it's important. Okay. And So here's a question for uh, you. Here's a question for yeah, you. The future, the future, how do you see the future of media? Well, I think in many ways, that depends on a little di- lot of different things. But, but here's what I will say, and maybe I'm completely off my old rocker, and I might be, um, but it's a great station to be on always. I think you're going to see in the next 10 years, I think you're going to see some things flip a little bit in terms of things going in cycles. Because 
I'll be as frank as I possibly can be. If you're in China, if you're in a lot of different communities in our country, you know, major networks in many ways have said, you don't matter that much. And I think it's going to be really important for all of us that really care is I think people are going to start to get tired, even in sports, that we don't have as many resources to know what's going on in our own backyards. And I think it's still important. I think community is important. I think people are important. And although I completely understand that, you know, the listening and viewing habits of younger generations has changed, immensely and maybe that's the part that i'm missing because i'm not sure how many young people really watch full games as much as they used to Mm -hmm. but but i still think you know our communities the events in our communities our local teams look at what's happened in terms of local sportscasts on television yeah it's a crying bloody shame You know, for four years of my life, including, you know, several months in Regina, we did a sports show on Now Global. It was STV then called Sportsline, where 24 minutes of content. I know a lot of nights in both Saskatoon and Regina when I did the shows, we'd do 20 minutes of local content. Yeah. And now it's like that doesn't matter. And, you know, thank goodness for shows like yourself, because it does matter. And those are the kind of things that I always want to be a part of until somebody says, hey, we don't, we really don't care. Well, we're always going to care here, at least as far as I'm concerned, and uh, love to have you still on our team. And we will talk soon. Enjoy the rest of the brick, man. I appreciate you doing that, too. Okay, thanks, pal. Really appreciate it. Be well. Take care, that is. Peter Lubardius, no longer the color commentator of the Calgary Flames. By the way, dude never played in the NHL, okay? And he got to be, like, he was a top color commentator, and he wasn't a player. Bob Stoffer falls in that category, too. It's a very kind of small group where they got the street cred, right? When the Ray Ferraros and the Chris Prongers are... That's true. It's are, usually are, are, the color are, commentator. Are he's the, a player. Yep. But but Lou had enough credibility that he could be a longtime color commentator, plus a play-by-play guy. Yep, great. Uh, and TV, I, radio, and I looked up. Uh, he's not that. He's a he's a handful of years older than me, but I kind of looked up to him too. He's one of those guys like I want to be like Peter Lubardius. I want to be like Kevin Gallant. Mm-hmm. I want to be like Dale Isaac, like Jeff Courier. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, he's one of those guys that was on the TV. Uh, calling Flames games, Oilers games, whatever, like yeah. in, uh, in uh, early to mid two thousands. He like, was the guy. The he was the uh, guy. He was the guy. Remember when the Dallas guy, uh, Patrick Steffen, missed the empty yep, net yeah, and then yeah. Hamsky went back and yep, scored. That was Can you believe what we just saw? It was awesome. <laughs> hey, when we come back, we'll wrap things up with Trevor Harris. Give you a score update on the Lions and the Argos because this is a live show mm. on six twenty CKRM.